you can't you gotta you gotta treat people like people if you want them to treat you like people that's otherwise true. they won't respect you and i kind of you kind of need respect that's true you got to give respect to get respect that's the respect economy unless you're ronnie dangerfield then you get no respect Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is Friday, October 25th, 2019. My name is Jeff Crisco. This is our week eight preview. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Valverde, and sitting in for Evan is Walid Ismail. He's been here a few times. He's one of the founders of Football Absurdity. Walid, you're the guest. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Thanks for stepping up. Mike, how's your day going? Uh, it's it's a it's a slow day uh, for a Friday, but yeah, other than that, it's just doing what I do. It's not a slow day for me. I quit my job, so that's fun. Uh, wife got a big promotion. Uh, it's gonna cover uh, our expenses, so uh, I'm 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 taking off from from the grind. I'm retiring from work forever. So it's a good day. It's a good day. Told, it's a scary day. I, I told I told you what my uh I told my wife about the fact that you were uh gonna have that new job and i was gonna be the only per one of the only one of the founding members who wasn't basically a stay-at-home parents or husband or whatever Tro- trophy and, husband yeah basically yeah trophy husband let's let's call it what it is <laughs> <laughs> and her response was stop trying to get me to work more so yeah you know, come on. putting my job anytime soon guys all right fine be a contributing member of society see if i care all right so um i still let's... do stand-up comedy so i'm trying not to be <laughs> you're doing your best to to be a, a leech on society uh so let's get some housekeeping out of the way before we get to the fun uh if you found us through twitter or through the website uh, footballabsurdity.com you can find us on if you'd like to subscribe anywhere you get podcasts which includes apple music iHeartRadio, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher and uh like i said anywhere you get podcasts if you want the rss feed you can go ahead and message us on twitter fballabsurdity and uh, we can go ahead and send you the rss feed so you can drop it into your favorite client if you have a service that you use that we're not on, uh, drop us a line at uh, F-Ball Absurdity as well, and I'll see what I can do to get us on there um, so that uh, we can uh, grow this thing and, and uh, take over for ESPN. How's that sound? I like that. Sound pretty good? All right. So can we, um, can we get Disney's uh, – can we get control of Disney too? We'll buy Disney, and then, okay. we'll, and then the podcast will be part of the MCU. Because I want to make Star Wars movies that – everyone hates not just <laughs> just not just 75 percent of the fans that, that's my goal here universally reviled so you want to make solo is what you're saying yeah exactly that's exactly what i'm trying to do a billion <laughs> solos a billion solos all right so um you can find us on twitter uh walid is i am the walid uh mike is rfl red zone i am jeff crisco k-r-i-s-k-o but if you want to chat with us you can join our discord which is a lot of fun it's tiny.cc slash absurdity uh you can get questions answered it's a it's a very active uh chat uh, a lot of fun goes on in there um if you want to check out uh some of our merch we do have a shirt um that can also be a hoodie a book bag a sticker pretty much anything you want a uh, link to that is in the uh uh the podcast description and we do have a new absurdist this week uh josh Inus. josh Inus would be my brother-in-law uh much like when my uh si- my wife's cousin became an absurdist i'm not going to promote this behavior but i will say to him officially on these airwaves 
okay, maybe Mich- Mitch Wisnowski is worth a fourth round pick. <laughs> maybe. If you don't know, Mitch Wisnowski is a fourth round punter that the 49ers took this year. Um, and uh, he and I have been arguing a lot about uh, if he was worth a fourth round pick. So I'll say it on air. Maybe he is worth a fourth round pick. I'll, uh, I'll concede that point to him. So if you want to become an absurdist, get a shout out. Probably won't be that personalized because you don't go to 49ers games with me every year. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash football absurdity or go to footballabsurdity.com. There's a button at the top that says support. Click that. Give us money. We would love it. Uh, this will get you access to a patrons only channel in the discord and uh, a second episode every week, which includes our Thursday night preview, uh, any miscellaneous items we want to talk about and the debrief from our Friday episode. So it, in these episodes, if this is your first one, what we do is instead of saying start this guy, sit that guy, this, that, the other, we talk about what we're looking for, what questions we're asking about these games. And then on the Tuesday episodes, we debrief and we talk about the answers to those questions. Uh, if you want to help us another way, uh, you can go to draft.com slash absurdity, drop in promo code absurdity and deposit 10 bucks. Help us out a lot and it'll let you relive the best part of the season, which is the draft. Uh, what draft.com is, it is a daily fantasy site where you com- uh, join a league, complete a snake draft, and that's it. Um, the winner every week gets gets a boatload of cash if you're in a bigger league or just a, a few bucks if you're playing in a smaller league. It's fun. The drafts take like five minutes and you can really scratch that itch. Uh, that that's been nagging in the back of your mind since, uh, uh, you know, August when you drafted just your completely awful roster with, you know, like Damian Williams and, and, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and all that stuff on it. So again, that's draft.com slash absurdity promo code absurdity. All right, boys, Thursday night football, who subjected themselves to this trash? I did. You did? I did not. I, you know, as you know, I run a show every Thursday, so. Well, Mike, what do you think was Waleed lucky? You know, I I didn't really find it all that all that bad actually. It was entertaining as far as football Thursday night games go. So, um, but you know, it, it definitely wasn't exciting, especially when you have Dwayne Haskins come in in the middle of what was like the third quarter and watch him implode. But yeah, yeah. It, it it wasn't too bad. Yeah, Haskins was not is you can tell he's not ready yet. There's for all the people who are clamoring behind uh, uh, to see what was going on behind Case Keenum, I think uh, you got you got your answer because uh, Haskins did not look ready. Um, he seemed a little bit overwhelmed, which they mentioned in the broadcast. He's only gotten a handful of first team reps this during the regular season. So I guess him being a little out of sync makes sense, but it doesn't make sense that he's out of sync with Terry McLaurin. They played in college together, so I mean. <laughs> To be fair, like the red, the, the Washington team looks like they're out of sync. I mean, that's just a bad team. So is that yeah. all going to be on Haskins? I mean, probably not. But I mean, uh, Keenum came out. He was he was doing OK um, in terms of, uh, you know, completions and stuff. He was he was firing the ball down, you know, to he, Paul Richardson had a handful of uh, catches. Uh, Terry McLaurin was like four. I think he got all his catches with. Keenum so he had four for 39 in the first half with Keenum so he was doing okay but then Haskins came in and just pooped all over the place you know the one thing about McLaurin that I really like not only is he he's a rookie and he's performing well but the dude can run routes I I just mm-hmm. thought he was just you know a nine route runner just straight ahead and throw it over the safety sets and see if he can catch it but this guy can run routes he's He's going to be all over the place. He's going to be such a dangerous receiver in the next couple of years. So if you have him dynasty uh, redraft, definitely, you know, pin him um, as someone that you want to steal 
early, this guy's going to be something else. Yeah, he's an extremely talented wide receiver, and uh, you just have to hope that either Haskins takes the step forward or they get another uh, quarterback going on there in, uh, in Washington next year if, if, if they pull a, um, a Cardinals, if they realize that Haskins isn't their guy, which I'm not saying he's not. It's just, you know, if they realize that, maybe they'll pull a Cardinals. Um, so Stefan Diggs, seven for 143 on, and a massive first quarter fumble. He had a huge run. Everybody's like, all right, Stefan Diggs. And then he just coughed it up in the first half. And the first two drives actually ended with fumbles, which was uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, ominous and foreboding for the game that ended 19 at nine. Yeah, the, I, he, the way he, he was running the ball, and I, I don't blame him entirely because it's just one of those things where you're running, running one direction, the defender's coming in another direction, and just reaches his hand out, and just by by full pure force, that, that ball just pops right out of your hand. So it was a bad fumble, but not necessarily something that was like a complete mistake where he's just holding it uh, wrongly or not really taking care of it to the way he can. It's just... One of those fluke things that happen, and it, it cost him. He wasn't doing the shady run, where he yeah. holds, where he holds the ball as far out in front of him as he can with one hand, and kind of like wiggles it at defenders. And yeah, come and get it. Yeah, yeah come and get it. So, um, my uh, my notes on it. Uh, uh, AP looked good. Uh, he had two ankle sprains, and he carried 14 times for 76 yards. Uh, in a in a uh, the revenge game of the triple revenge game. Case Keenum revenge game, the Kirk Cousins revenge game, and the Adrian Peterson revenge game. Lots of uh, revenge games going on here. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, if it sounds like if uh, Case Keenum's ready next week um, from the concussion protocol, he will be um, out there, which is good because here's how all of Dwayne Haskins' drives ended: three and out, field goal, pick, three and out, end of game. So for your Terry McLaurin shares, you really hope that it's Case Keenum out there next week. Yeah, and he's doing well too. So. Yeah, if it's not Case Keenum, are you guys gonna um, are you guys gonna uh, maybe bench uh, Terry McLaurin next week in in their matchup, which is? Excuse me, sorry, I I'm a little under the weather, so my uh, uh, my throat's a little little scratchy. Uh, they play Buffalo next week, so if it's um, uh, Haskins, are we benching McLaurin? I certainly would. Waleed, what about you? You know what? Even even with the bad week, I mean Minnesota's got a good defense, so I could see how misfiring would have been in it. But I'm not I'm not ever benching McLaurin. Never. Wow. Okay. All right. Fair I mean, enough. look at look at what his production has been. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're just I'm not, not, not going to panic over one bad week. Well, I'm just surprised you're you're not scared of Buffalo because Buffalo shuts down opposing wide receivers. I mean. I I kind of feel like McLaurin's rolling into that "don't sit your studs" territory. Oh, Mike's favorite Mike's favorite phrase: "Don't sit your studs." knows how I feel about "don't sit in your studs." So I mean, I don't know. It's it's um, it just feels like uh, that might be a case where if it's Haskins, I mean, he's not a stud with Haskins, so that's that's kind of what what gives me pause. Yeah, it would, but I I suspect I don't know. Uh, he's he's a hard player to bench. He's a guy if I bench him and then he does well, I'm just gonna be mad at myself. So okay. I'd rather I'd rather roll with him. It's one of those you can you you feel okay uh, losing with him um, in your lineup if you lose with him on your bench and he blows up, you'll 
get yeah, pretty upset. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think that's that. Oh, our questions for last week. Uh, can I keep running Kirk Cousins out there? Uh, he played well as an NFL quarterback. I mean, 23, 26, 285 yards, uh, you know, 11 yards per attempt, just three sacks. That's good, but he didn't score any touchdowns. So it was like, all right. Um, you know, uh, I think that running him out there was not a bad idea given the matchup. And he did well from a, just a standard quarterbacking standpoint. He just didn't get the touchdowns. So whether that has to do with play calling or, you know, red zone inefficiency or goal line stand, you know, de- red zone defense, I, I'm not to say, but he did okay. If you ran him out there and you lose, you can't be upset because he played well enough. Uh, Mike, how did uh, Case Keenum do for your question? I, I think he did okay. Uh, as, but, you know, obviously, you know, he, he kept the team in the game uh, as much as he could. And then, of course, he has a concussion. So it's just how, how can you judge someone who only plays like just a little bit more than a half? But the the, mo- the minutes that he did put in, I think he was pretty, pretty stable. Yeah, he. I mean, he was all right. He wasn't uh, a world beater, but he wasn't, uh, you know, pooping all over himself. Twelve for sixteen hundred thirty yards. It's, it's <clears throat> in a half. That's that's not the worst thing that's ever happened. If he kicked in a touchdown, it would have looked like uh, projecting out to a pretty decent game. So, all right, I think we'll go ahead put that game to rest and um, go ahead and move along to our new section, which we call Cover Six. It's the six biggest news stories that you need to know. Uh, going into uh, uh, fantasy football week eight this weekend. So number six is two big trades. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, uh, sorry, Mohamed Sanu for a second, went to New England, and uh, Manny Sanders for a third and a fourth uh, went to San Francisco. So we'll start with Mohamed Sanu to New, to New England. Mike, what does this do for Sanu and the, the pass catchers in New England? Well, I think a lot of this has to do with Josh Gordon being out for for the year so i i really think that uh, sanu is going to fit in that role whatever that role was that gordon was doing when he was catching what two balls for 18 yards uh, and no touchdowns a game so he should game big 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 shoes to fill big 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 huge huge like uh circus shoes like clown shoes clown shoes uh so yeah you know sanu is going to be sanu and catch two balls for 18 yards and no touchdowns uh, Waleed, how happy do you think Mohamed Sanu is that he escaped uh, being thrown to to Matt Schaub? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get past the entire uh, second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, that's too. I mean, I they could have they, they asked for they could have gotten him for less, I feel. Or you could have got like, why didn't you get Emmanuel Sanders if you were going to do that? who I actually think is a better receiver anyway. You got him for a much better price. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, maybe it was a Rutgers thing. Uh, he's under contract for next season, too, where Sanders <laughs> yeah. is a uh, uh, a free agent. I mean, it, it seems like a lot, but, um, it you know. Seem like, it, it is a lot. It's too much. But, it, and I guess you're getting rid of, I guess, obviously, this, this is the end of Josh Gordon. But. It doesn't even matter anyway because they're a running football team. They're going to run the football, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of a lateral move. I don't see him getting a lot more targets per game um, in in uh, uh, New England, especially because the offense, like you said, runs through the running backs and Julian Edelman um, yeah. at this point. 
So um, you mentioned it. It was number two on the uh, – or I'm sorry, number one on the list. But let's just go ahead and roll it right into it because it kind of relates to Mohamed Sanu before we talk about Manny Sanders. Uh, Josh Gordon, IR. Um, this was the number one thing on the the countdown, but it does roll into Mo, Mo Sanu. So um, sounds like they put him on IR to get him off the roster. And new rule says that you can trade players on IR. Um, so they're, uh, they're, they're looking to move him. So, uh, where do you think Josh Gordon ends up and really does it matter? Cause he has had three top 15 wide receiver games since 2014. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't matter. I, I've stopped caring about Josh Gordon. I've stopped hoping for him to be fantasy relevant. I mean, I hope he does like for his sake, because I'm pulling for the guy to recover, like to, to do better, but no. Don't care. Mike, what about you? I mean, it, it would really have to go to a team that just, like, consistently passes the ball a lot uh, it, for him to be relevant because, as you mentioned, he hasn't really done anything. He had that one good year, and then even when he's not in rehab, he's not even performing well. So, yeah, it, 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 he's he's doomed if he doesn't go to a high prof- prolific passing team and – yeah, so and I'm sort of like with Waleed on this. I, I'm done. I'm burned out with with his with his you know in and out of rehab and not performing on the football field and you know I just hope he has a great life. He stays away from whatever he needs to stay away from and just moves on. And that that's pretty much all I really care about. Yeah, I'm 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 done worrying about him for fantasy. Uh, he's it's. It's something where he needs to get his life sorted out, I think, and uh, I wish him, you know, health and happiness and all that stuff, but I'm not worried about him for fantasy football anymore. Um, probably ever again. Uh, I think this is this is it. Like I said, three top 15 wide receiver weeks since 2014, wow. and so it's like, you know, you hit hung up. People felt so smart trading for him in Dynasty in 2016 or whatever, and it's like, you know... 2013 was a long time ago, guys. That's the last time he was good. That was six seasons ago. You know, a lot can happen in six seasons. So, um, uh, you know, the he's going to – something stupid's going to happen where he's going to end up in, like, Arizona or, like, Tampa Bay or these offenses that really like to pass the ball. And then everybody – the hype train's going to start rolling again. Or, you know, if Keenan Allen gets hurt, uh, you know, is out for a while with his injury and uh, he ends up on the Chargers, people will get all worked up again. But – New England throws the ball the fourth most times in the league, and he still wasn't getting a lot. So I'm just I'm just done with Josh Gordon. So, um, all right. Uh, next one up, Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, true game time decisions on Sunday. So um, if uh, it's a 10 a.m. game, so if uh, Alvin Kamara doesn't suit up, where are we slotting in our, our Latavius Murrays against the um, the Cardinals? Uh, I'm starting him for sure. If there's no Kamara after what he did against the Bears, I mean, they're going to feed. They're running a very balanced run. Like, they run a very balanced attack in New Orleans. Latavius Murray, he's he's always been a decent player when he gets the opportunities. The problem is he's been behind Kamara, which he should be. But no Kamara, Latavius Murray, I will take him every time. All right, Mike. So if Drew Brees doesn't play, uh, Teddy Two Gloves against the Cardinals. What do you think about that start as kind of a streamer spot spot start? Yeah, I got him. I got him starting in one of my dynasty leagues. Uh, All right. So, 
yeah, I, I don't have any problems whatsoever with with him playing. He's he's done pretty pretty dang well over the last three weeks or so. So uh, it's it's pretty wise that the Saints held on to him and that he agreed to to stay with them because Drew Brees has what one maybe two years maybe two years left and Teddy Bridgewater is going to fit right in. So uh, yeah, I, I I definitely especially over the Cardinals. Yeah, not not a problem. All right. Especially the Cardinals. They're giving up the first, the fourth most points to fantasy quarterbacks. So you definitely want that. Great. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a, you know, a pretty good start this week. So um, on the other side of a ball of the ball, uh, David Johnson, Christian Kirk, also true game time decisions. So my question for you guys, okay. Chase Edmonds blew up the giants last week. If Latavius Murray, I'm sorry, if Alvin Kamara and DJ both don't play, all right, and you've got Saquon or CMC or Dalvin Cook already played for you, so you can only and you have no flex, so you can only start one guy. You starting Chase Edmonds or are you starting Latavius Murray? That's a tough <laughs> question, honestly. That's a good question. I it's Chase Edmonds has been looking real good the last few weeks. It's uh, ooh, you know what? I'm, you know what? I'm picking. I'm starting Latavius Murray because the the Saints defense is a lot better than the Cardinals defense. As simple as that. I think that the Saints could shut down Chase Edmonds. I don't think the Cardinals can shut anyone down, honestly. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I and then plus we know what Latavius Murray can do. We, we saw Chase Edmonds blow up the Giants. Okay. Oh, wow. You know, um, great. Great. He did a good job. He didn't fall on his face. He, he did good stuff against the Giants. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are a completely different team, completely different defense. Uh, not only, as Woodley said, that the Cardinals defense is bad, but we, we know who Latavius Murray is. And we know that Bridgewater is going to get him the ball, not only uh, through running and then also through through the air as well. So, yeah, I, I would I would definitely go with Latavius Murray in this situation. Yeah. To, to be fair, like you're saying, I know he had he had a really exceptional game against the Giants, but he's put up a couple of good games before that too against Cincinnati and Atlanta. Chase Chase Edmonds doesn't feel like a flash in the pan guy. He does feel like he is gaining traction as a guy who legitimately should be getting snaps in the NFL. So I wouldn't undersell him too much. No, I, and I agree with you. Uh, I, I do agree that he he has shown that he he's opened the door, and I, I think if he does perform well against the Saints, uh, what are will this is a question of mine later on, but what what will this force the Cardinals to do offensively if he can go in and blow open the door on on the Saints? So yes, you're right. He has been a couple weeks now shown that he he belongs in the NFL, but we really don't know i mean what he he's capable of uh until probably a full game comes in i mean he did have it against the giants but we need more we we need more of a sample size to understand what what he's actually uh capable of but we do know that he's up and coming i'm gonna play devil's advocate here and say that we know like latavius murray's ceiling but i think that chase edmonds might have the higher ceiling we've seen him like i think he can do some things that latavius murray can't do I kind of want to change my answer now just to spite you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing that, that Chase Edmonds can do is be a satellite back. Uh, 
what he what we can't do we'll see is block very well and he really struggled against blitz but packages in college and third down which is one of the reasons why they started removing him away from the third down role not that can he catch he can catch but can he uh, actually pick up the blitz we know that murray can okay all right all right all right guys all right guys Guys, that's enough. That's enough DJ talk. Way that's too enough. much Cardinals. Right, talk. I'm sorry. Yeah, way way too much Chase Edmonds versus Latavius Murray. I didn't I didn't mean to uh, to turn this into the Chase Edmonds podcast. So number three, uh, Keenan Allen is questionable this weekend, and uh, um, Anthony Lynn said he would be limited if he plays. Um, and over the last few games, he has not been uh, capital K Keenan, capital A Allen. Only ten catches for 112 yards in his last three games. So. Are we rolling him out or are we keeping him on the bench where even where you'll be okay uh, not having a blow up game from him uh, if if he doesn't play will lead what or if he does play will lead what do you think? I do think that he's also playing cap uh, he's gonna be up against capital K uh, capital F Kyle Fuller, which makes it a little bit makes him a much harder sell. I mean Chicago Bears aren't giving up too many points to wide receivers. Keenan Allen not being fully healthy. I don't know that I would roll him unless I knew that he was a hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's not a, not a, a bad call, especially because he hasn't been good lately. So Mike, what do you think? I think it depends on who you have. If you know, if you have Deandre Hopkins and I don't know, Michael Thomas at your receivers and for some weird reason, um, and Keenan Allen back there, then yeah, you feel more secure. But uh, I don't know if you can bench him just because he's probably your best flex player at, at the least. I would I would imagine because that's where you drafted him. So I think I just think it might be hard to draft uh, to bench him. But I'm I'm not really excited about his his potential, especially if he's hurt. Because as you mentioned, he hasn't done anything in three weeks. So. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where you don't know if you can because you have him a lot better than every all the other players you have, or um, you know, what are you gonna do if uh, you know if he stinks it up again? Which I I think he just might. Yeah, but I mean, we're in a position though. I mean, it's 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 week eight. Um, it's it's fully conceivable that he's not your best flex shop flex option at this point. Like, would you go Keenan Allen or say uh, Chase Edmonds? I thought yeah, we were okay. done with Chase Edmonds talk. No, nope. <laughs> we're never done. We're never done with Chase Edmonds talk. I, I'm going to make an argument, too, that I think you can grab someone off the waiver wire. Uh, Kenny Stills with Will, Fuller, with Will Fuller injured. I would I would run him out because he's going to get those deep ball looks, and he's playing against a Colts team that... Not, eh. Nope. What? Raiders. No, wrong week. Raiders. Same difference. I'm backwards, but still... Raiders. I'm going to tell, tell Evan you said that, Mike. <laughs> actually, if anything, it's a better matchup for him because the Colts are actually pretty good at football. Uh, Oakland, well, I mean, they're better than the Bears. We already showed that, so I can't say too much. <laughs> All right. So uh, maybe not Chase Edmonds, but what about like uh, Cortland Sutton or Keenan Allen? Yeah, but the problem is, is that okay? So we we both know that the whole reason why they traded Emmanuel Sanders is to give Cortland Sutton even more room. But 
is that what's going to happen with Flacco at quarterback? You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'd probably still go. I I'd still go Allen over over Sutton even at this time. Mm. Okay, really. I would- I would go yeah. Sutton at that point. Sutton's been I, pretty consistent. Yeah, I, w- I think you need to look at take a closer look at Sutton's numbers over the last few weeks. I, I mean, they're better than Keenan Allen's, and I know that he's not been healthy, but that's kind of the point. He, he's still not healthy. He's still questionable to go out there. I yeah. think Keenan Allen has a better game than uh, than Cortland Sutton this week. Oh, buddy. Willie, do you want to take him up on that? I... Uh, Who's Denver playing? They're playing the Colts, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna take Cortland 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 Sutton over that because I right. Bears. Yeah, I'll I will take that. What are we betting here? Um, I don't know. Uh, vials of blood. Yeah. <laughs> vials of blood. Because it has to be my blood. No, I just said vials of blood. I didn't okay, say good. Whose blood. I mean, I'll get you some blood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the bet's been jerky. Uh, I have Evan's beers sitting in my kitchen that I got to send him. Ooh. You still haven't sent him that? I've been busy, dude. <laughs> I'm, still I'm still employed. I'm still employed until next week. His schedule frees up in a week, so yeah. we'll get it soon. <laughs> yeah, I'll have no excuse come next Friday. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you guys betting, huh? Well, we could talk about it. Beef jerky right. is fine, and if, if Wally doesn't like beef jerky, we can talk about Something. No, I like I, I I want I would say beer is the way to go. I would uh I we'll 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 take that offline so we don't grind this thing to a halt. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, boys. All right, boys. So since we moved Josh Gordon number one to number six and we skipped the second half of number six, Manuel Sanders to the Niners. Personally, I'm not excited about this for fantasy football. A lot of people are excited about it. Think that Manny Sanders is going to do a lot to open up the offense. This offense doesn't pass the ball. And I don't think adding Manny Sanders to that is suddenly going to change the, the the ground and pound philosophy. And not only do they not pass the ball, when they do pass the ball, they pass the ball to the running backs and they pass the ball to George Kittle. So um, I think I mentioned it on the um, the bonus. And, uh, you know, it, it, they're throwing the ball like 28 times a game. Seven of those are going to Kittle. Seven of those are going to the the running backs. So even if they up that, you know, even if they double the number of targets to 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 uh, wide receivers you're still not getting enough targets for Manny Sanders to do a lot so personally well, counter, like how how long can they keep that going though before teams start just covering up on those running backs and uh I mean they're probably already doubling up on Kittle because how could you not but eventually the focus you're going to have to have a receiver come out and like establish himself so there's definitely gonna be like I think you're right that there's not going to be uh, fantasy football value, but there's going to be some real, real world football value because the 49ers are going to have to establish some kind of passing game if they want to go deep in the playoffs. I, I mean, Walid, it was the, this very franchise went all the way to the they went to three state and it's three straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl by running the ball and playing good defense. So I've seen firsthand they don't have to do that. Their best wide receiver in that time frame was was Michael Crabtree and an over the hill Randy Moss and an over the hill Anquan Bolden. They it's they not did, the same it's not the same NFL though. <clears throat> it the NFL it it comes and goes, but it's I don't I don't I'm not I'm not excited about it from fantasy. You're right, it could be better for um 
and I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna be make anyone I don't think any of the receivers on the 49ers are going to be fantasy relevant this year. But there, something's gonna have I, I think there's gonna need to be a little bit of an increase in production if they're gonna match up with the likes of Seattle, New Orleans, uh Green Bay. That's that's all I'm saying. I mean that's fair enough. But I'm just yeah, not excited about it um from a fantasy perspective, which was my take on it. Nick okay. Mullins. Thanks, Mike. All right. <laughs> okay. Are we Mike, just are we just Mike, naming random garbage quarterbacks? Uh, Mike insists that Moreno, guys. Huh? Mike what insists that Nick Mullins is good because he had good because he played well in the second half of blowouts last year. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my take on it. All right, all right, boys. That's enough. That's enough news. Now it's time for the fun part. The fun part is our week. Eight preview. Obviously, we're not going to preview Thursday Night Football. That happened in the past. I mean, we could pretend and uh, look like Nostradamuses. I could cut out the stuff at the beginning, but we won't be doing that. Like I already mentioned, what we do here, it's a little different from everywhere else. We don't say start this guy, sit that guy. We say uh, what we are looking for in the game, kind of t- teaching you how to fish, uh, what what might be fantasy relevant, uh, what you should uh, pay attention to, and what might just be white noise. So uh, the first game up in this one is Seattle at Atlanta. This is a 10 a.m. game. I could not find an over-under or a favorite for this game because of the Matt Ryan ankle injury. Uh, Looks like uh, Matt Ryan is on track to play. And... um, uh, but he will be banged up with that ankle. So that is something to keep track of. Um, Waleed, you want to know about some... uh, some uh, some Dan Quinn. If he, you think he's going to get fired if they lose this game, or are you just oh, curious I'm if saying, that might I'm be the case? I'm asking you guys. Do you think he should be fired if they lose this game? Big. Um, it depends if Matt Schaub is starting. Maybe not. Um, they they might. I mean, but if if it's Matt Ryan, I mean, it's it's Seattle. I mean, they're probably losing this game. So I mean, I guess the question would be, do we think Dan Dan Quinn's a quarterback or a head coach this time next week? Which I mean, 50-50, flip a coin. I mean, it's your, I'm, I'm asking you guys. I have my, like, I know what I think, but. I what do you think? This is your topic. What do you think? Well, I want to hear your answers first, Mike. What do you think? I think that if they, if they're one and seven, God, it's so hard because some of these coaches just stick and I mean, look how how long did Hugh Jackson stay around? Um, I'm gonna say no. I don't know why, but I'm just gonna say no. Okay. The answer, the correct answer is yes. He should be fired because they're one and seven. They fired the coordinators, and the Falcons are probably the biggest disappointment in football. I expected big things from them. They have a lot of talent on offense and defense, and absolutely nothing to show for it this football season. So. I will give oh, you. The, I oh, will give I you the biggest. Yeah. I, should I thought you meant will he get fired? Not should. No, he. I'm asking if he should be fired. Oh yeah, he should have been fired. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm asking for a pick. There, yeah. There's no doubt. Oh, I was asking. I was thinking, will he? Yeah, he should be. I mean, he he's he's lost this team. This team I is. I apologize. Is My rudderless. Isn't what it should be. I will enunciate more. <laughs> it, the, this team is rudderless, and there's nowhere. I mean, they can either run out the string with with Quinn or or uh, you know. Get get the ball rolling on on a replacement game. Uh, Basically, I wanted to uh, focus on this game just to focus on how terrible Dan Quinn is. That was my entire goal for this, just so I could rage at Dan Quinn still being employed. Fair so. enough. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Mike. 
you want to you want to see uh we talked about it uh most new in new england but we shied away from t- shied away from talking about uh, the situation in atlanta because you want to know if uh, calvin ridley's going to step up without him right so a lot of especially if you looked at the first what was it uh, uh, from like week three to week i think six calvin really became invisible Mohammed sanu sort of stepped up now that sanu is gone and really the last week or two has has been you know back to the what he was in the beginning of the season what's going to happen and uh there's 42 targets that sanu received uh while being atlanta falcon and but that's going to go among hooper jones and freeman and then some, of course, will go to Ridley as well. But the question I'm trying to figure out is how many? How, how many of those targets will actually go to Ridley? Or will they go to the guys that are ahead of him um, with Ridley? I mean, not with Ridley, but with Jones and Freeman and Hooper, who are all ahead of him in targets. So, uh, yeah. I just Does it matter? They're not going to be completions. <laughs> yeah, they're probably not going to be. They're probably going to be interceptions. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I don't. I don't think there's going to be much change with with the absence of Mohamed Sanu. All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So my question this week is uh, is another wide receiver. It's uh, DK Metcalf. This guy is tied for second in the league in red zone targets, and he does not with nine, and he does not have a tall. single. What's that? He's tall. Yeah. yeah, he's tall. He's a red zone receiver. I mean, he, you would think that he would be the guy getting catches in the red zone, but he has zero red zone receptions this year on nine red zone targets. Is he going to get a red zone reception? Is he going to get a red zone touchdown? Kind of feels like a regression should be coming for a red zone touchdown for him. So that's what I'm hoping to see for DK Metcalf. I'm, I'm wondering, maybe the field's too small. You can't run a nine route in 20 yards. I'm, I'm going to give you not only is he going to get a red zone touchdown, he's going to have multiple red zone touchdowns this week. I sure hope so. And that's a preview of our FanDuel lineups at the end of the episode. All right. Next game up. Philly travels to Buffalo. 10 a.m. start again. 43 and a half point over under. Buffalo are one and a half point favorites. And Deshaun Jackson will not be playing in this particular contest. So, um... He hasn't played for since week one, so not surprising. Just a little little news item that didn't make the cover six. So, uh, Waleed, you want to know uh, if uh, the Buffalo Bills are 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 good? If they're a I was, fraud? If I, I was trying, I was trying to figure out like a proper fantasy football question for this game, and all I could keep thinking is, I don't know if Buffalo's good or bad at football. I don't know if they're just a product of a pretty soft schedule or what i mean their defense is good i believe that but i don't know that the team is good and i'm trying to figure it out what do you guys think mike what do you think um you know the only the only loss that they've had uh is against the patriots and the patriots game was was i mean really close and it was uh, it, it was uh it was down to the last second and i believe uh god who's their backup i want to say matt barkley yeah, I want to say there was a Matt Barkley signing sighting because uh, that's when Josh Allen got his concussion. So, I mean, they like you said, Willie, their defense is good, but uh, I mean their offense has pieces: uh, Singletary, jo- uh, John Brown, Josh Allen. Uh, I think that uh, I think they they have the potential to be 
to be good. Uh, but like you said, I don't know if, if they actually are good. Well, let me put this into perspective, I guess, is uh, their wins are against the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Titans. You can only play who they put in front of you. I agree with that, but it's still, it, it's so hard. I think this is just me raging against the AFC. I, I I don't like it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. That's Waleed. Calm down. You're raging so hard. Calm down. All right. You okay, Waleed? You recovered? We had to cut out like 25 minutes of Waleed just like dropping <laughs> f bomb after f bomb after f bomb. That's ridiculous. actually, and that was that's usually me when I'm calm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, Waleed was calm. He was. <laughs> that was just his uh, his uh, his mantra when he when he uh, meditates. It's just f bombs. So uh, I, I, I partake of the Sam Kinison school of meditation. <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Mike, you want to know if uh, Josh Allen can take advantage of uh, the Eagles secondary. That kind of rolls into Waleed's question. Yeah, it does. And uh, I, the Eagles are, are just really bad uh, secondary. They they're they allow 288 yards uh, per game, uh, 23rd overall. Uh, and points allowed to quarterbacks. So basically, eight teams are are worse than they are. But of course, th- that all can improve because they have Josh Allen they're facing. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Josh Allen can actually be a quarterback for once in his life and not just be a running you know player. So we'll see. We'll see if he can actually take advantage of how poor the Eagle secondary is, or just keep running the ball uh yeah and i i mean uh my my question is the flip side to that so uh, my question the flip side to that which would be carson wentz uh the bills give up the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks they've given up four passing touchdowns on the year no quarterback has hit 300 passing yards against them and uh guys guess who has the most passing yards and the highest fantasy point total against the bills this season oh uh, I'll, I'll tell you who they I'll, I'll, I'll list who they've played the Jets the Giants well lead already did the Jets the Giants the Bengals the Pats the, the Titans and the Dolphins Dolphins well lead what do you think Giants 282 passing yards one touchdown one interceptions three rushing yards and a rushing touchdown 31.4 fantasy points Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah He's the only quarterback to go uh, <clears throat> to go um, for over two, like I said, over 250 passing yards against them. Uh, he's the uh, one of two quarterbacks to get multiple touchdowns. Andy Dalton also rushed for a touchdown, uh, and it's just been they've been kind of a buzzsaw. Uh, fourth fewest fantasy. I knew the answer to this too because I remember it was all garbage time. Yeah, it was all garbage time. So fourth fewest fantasy points to to, to quarterbacks. And my question is is uh, can Carson Wentz uh, overcome this, or is Carson Wentz would he be a a cautious bench this week for maybe I don't know Josh Allen? I don't think there's anything cautious about benching Carson Wentz. I mean, it's not like Carson Wentz has been lighting it up as a quarterback. I mean, he's been okay. Has he been? I don't. He's not necessarily a. Q, he hasn't been a QB one all year, has he? No, he hasn't. And I have to apologize for the, the number of fantasy points that I that I pointed out there to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That was in. I accidentally had my absolutely insane scoring league up. So uh, 
Let me let me let me try that one again. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 21.5 fantasy points against them. Sorry about that. But uh yeah, Carson Carson Wentz has I mean, he's been he's been kind of passable, but not great. 25, 19, 21, 19, 12, 21, 7. So he's he's a low on QB one, but he's match up he's matchup dependent, and Buffalo is not a good matchup for him, especially with no Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, his is and Mike, you can chime in on this too. I think his uh, since you own him in the experts league, I think his 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 ceiling games have been what we've been hoping for for his floor games around nineteen twenty fantasy points. We're we're still chasing that 2017 dragon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. So okay. So uh, Wentzer, Wentzer Allen. I gotta go Wentz. Is death an option? Is death an option? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. So all right, I would go Josh Allen. Because... I would go Josh Allen too, but I would rather kill myself than start Josh Allen. So. Hey, buddy. I traded DJ Chark for him. Oh, which you haven't been on the podcast yet, Willie. This is me officially calling you out for telling me to keep Deontay Johnson over DJ Chark and Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I will own that. I was completely wrong. Thank also, you. My, but I always give the advice: you should do what you want, not nope. what I say. Like, nope. if you feel something, that is my standard nope. advice. Nope, nope. Fantasy football is all about finding somebody to blame for your mistakes. Okay. That's what it's uh, that that's why people seek out advice because they have somebody to blame for their mistakes. I understand it's the same reason my wife married me. Yikes. All right. Speaking of things that uh, Speaking of bad life experiences for you. Chargers at Bears. <laughs> 41 point over under. The Bears three and a half point favorites. Uh well Leeds question is is Mitch Trubisky when will the world see that Mitch Trubisky was the best quarterback in that draft? That is not my question. My question <laughs> is, do I want the Bears to lose so I can finally give up on this foot on, on this stupid football season? Well, guys, do I? Uh, what's the Bears' record? They're three and three right now. Mm. They don't feel like they're three and three. But if they don't win this game, uh, it does not look good. For uh, let me give you some context on just how it'll look for the Bears. Um, uh, context is coming. It's coming. Damn it, I did not have this page loaded. Is this their upcoming schedule? Yeah. At Philly versus Detroit. At the Rams, Giants. At Detroit, Dallas, Green Bay, KC, and Mini. Yeah. Um, those maybe last the three Giants is a winnable game. Those last four are yeah. look like definite losses to me. Yeah. They need. Uh, they need. They need to win to have like any chance but after that if they can't if they can't beat a chargers team that's also flailing uh this season's over lost season uh, and to be fair i hope that they win i am not going to give up on my bears but um i've kind of already given up on my bears like i cuz i don't i hope they win i think they might win but i still don't know that they can salvage this season they were 3 and 3 last year but last year felt completely different like they were three and three, but they felt like they were the best team in some of those losses. Uh, that is it not. It sounds like I, I'm going to stop you, Walid. It sounds like you've made up your decision. You've already made up your mind. And what is my mind? That you don't want them to win. Oh, I want them to win. Oh, okay. I so, just. So you want to keep you want to keep this pain rolling. So. Basically, well, why else do we watch football? That's true. That's true. It is mostly pain. So speaking of pain. 
Mike wants to know if uh, the underperforming David Montgomery will out outrush the underperforming Melvin Gordon. I, I think the better question is, will David Montgomery rush like at all? Like, will they run the football? <laughs> well, because... Matt Nagy's not stupid. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like you need to watch more Bears games. Well, that's what he, he said. He said he's I, not stupid. He knows they need to run the ball more. He knows he knows they need to run the ball. He does not want to run the football. He wants to sling it, and that's fine. I don't mind it, but the problem isn't even that. It's their offensive line is problematic. So, ooh, did they get canceled? What did they say? I they're just problematic in that they can't stop a pass rush. Oh, they suck. They yeah, suck. They that's what you're saying. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Uh, so that was Mike's question. So, Mike, you want to talk on that instead of Waleed uh, bogarting your time? No, uh, it's fine. I I think he's right, too. It's I mean, you don't have a quarterback, which could be part of the problem. Maybe they're stacking 13 men in the box. I don't know. But whatever it is. <laughs> I wish they would. I, we could use the extra yards for the penalty. Um, that might be the best play of the, of the game for the Bears. <laughs> that might be especially with that quarterback uh it's uh yeah so i don't know if it's all montgomery's fault he's a rookie on top of you know playing with a horrible quarterback and and then you have melvin gordon who is still trying to get back into football shape and is well their offensive line isn't much better and, no, they, just, and they just lost the was it lamp is he on yeah. ir now yeah yeah that dude's never healthy I uh, broke his leg, which I think is what he had his freshman year, too. Or his rookie year. Yeah, it was either ACL or leg or something. That, that poor guy. He, he, he's he one broke of something. He bro- maybe something in his head. I don't know. Um, the spirit. Needs to drink some milk. Keeps breaking yeah. his leg. Milk, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that it, it's... It's going to be an interesting situation. I'm going to go with Gordon just because I just think that Montgomery just is just going to struggle too much with 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 all that he's facing. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Tariq Cohen has more receiving yards than rushing, 147 to 47. Hey, it's Mike's favorite stat. To be fair, he should. He's a better receiver than he is a runner. Like when they try running him inside uh, inside the tackles, it doesn't look good. And especially because the offensive line doesn't clear holes. So. And David Montgomery, he actually does look good. Like, he makes people miss. The problem is the people he's making miss are three yards behind the line of scrimmage, so there's not much you can do. Yeah, it's uh, – you can only do so – you know, balling out to turn three-yard losses into one-yard gains is good for the – you know, the helping out your team in the NFL, but not helping out your fantasy lineups. No, it is not. He's the second most targeted player on the team. Wow, I think oh I think we told Evan about that because he was on the ledge about uh, Tariq Cohen that he's the second most targeted player on the team. I think we told him that a couple couple weeks ago. But um, my my take on this Josh Gordon thing, uh, his yards per carry have gone down every game this the three games he's played this year two point five two point two two point oh. So my math tells me that he's either going to get one point seven or one point eight yards per carry this game. So I'm going to go with David Montgomery because Matt Nagy isn't stupid. So, my question. I want to give you guys a little context. This is if Keenan Allen doesn't play. Okay? Here is the Los Angeles Chargers depth chart at wide receiver. Mike Evans, Andre Patton, 
Jeremy with a G, Davis, and Jason Moore. So my question is, do they just say screw it, and Austin Eckler is a full-time slot receiver for this game without Keenan Allen? He would be like Tariq Cohen, but for the Chargers. So if Keenan Allen's out, do they give up all pretense, run just two running backs out there, and just let Eckler be a slot receiver? Because he's done pretty well in that role. I mean, he has just, he has, uh, what is this, 32 targets in the last three games? Counterpoints. Do you really want to bench Jeremy Davis with a G? Do I want to bench Jeremy Davis what? Jeremy Davis, Jeremy Davis with a G. Yeah, <clears throat> he's amazing. The G stands for goal line touchdowns. This that is this might be the saddest depth charts of wide receivers in football. There's five. There's five of them on the depth chart. That's it. it yeah, I, I I can't even understand that. That's this. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. For for the love of God, put Eckler in the slots. Yeah, I think I think this game uh, Austin Eckler is a good uh, PPR play because they're going to have no choice but to put him in the slot because it's going to be uh, the passing game is going to be uh, a banged up Keenan Allen who's not going to play a lot by the coach's admission, Hunter Henry and I mean Virgil Green, Andre Patton, like they need a third option out there so I think it's going to be Eckler and it's got to be Eckler uh, so. Um, I don't own him anywhere, but if I did, I would start him with confidence this weekend in, in PPR leagues. <clears throat> next game up. Uh, next game up for this one is Giants at Lions, 49 and a half point over under. Uh, Detroit, six and a half point favorites. Um, Waleed wants to know, how will the refs screw the Lions over this week? <laughs> Do we have any thoughts on this, guys? Are the refs going to – they done their damage? It's usually a seasonal thing. Like once a year, the Lions get screwed by the refs. And we know it's already happened. I'm just wondering if it'll still happen again. Do we have thoughts on this at all, guys? Here's how it happens. Okay. Here's how it happens. It's it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be uh, the Lions on the last they're, – they're having a defensive stand to end the game, and they pick off Danny Dimes, and it's clearly – or it's clearly inbounds. Clearly Clearly in bounds. It's like a, a you know a sideline throw, and they call him out of bounds, and then and then they maintain it on on review. Either that or, boys, how about fail Mary 2.0? That would sure be fun to screw the Lions over. You have you have any thoughts, Mike? I, I, I'm thinking that like they'll they'll um, see Ty Johnson will go in for the touchdown. And they'll call it that he he didn't make it. And even though the replay clearly shows that he broke the plane and it shows it from 10 different angles, the referees will say, no, did not happen. They lose. You lost me at uh, Ty Johnson touchdown. Yeah, you lost me there. You're, you're both wrong. What's going to actually end up <clears throat> happening is you started off. I thought you had it. On the first try, Jeff, I really did. Ah. You were talking about the interception. But what's going to happen is the Clay Matthews-esque roughing the passer call that negates the interception. Oh, that's a good call. Yep. Where it's just like brush. They they just brush Daniel Jones and and. Uh, did you guys did you guys like that the Lions fans uh, last week were all sporting uh, ref costumes? Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty. I thought that was pretty fantastic. I don't know if you are friends with any Lions fans. I'm friends with a couple. But if you if you want to have a like real fun, get them talking about 
how bad refs are because they have a storybook and they're right. Like it's, it's, you would think at some point, like there'd be some kind of regression to the mean where like the refs would finally go in their favor somehow, but it just hasn't happened. That's so, it's so unlikely that it really is just hilarious. It's just, <laughs> it's just the most lions thing ever. Yeah. I think the most lions thing ever is, a. Uh running back or running out uh star superstar players uh uh after a decade um, yeah. when they should be playing longer all right mike what's the running game will look like with ty johnson and jd mckissick but you say ty johnson's in the lead yeah so when carry on was sort of like a half a bell cow uh and he was full bell cow. he was the full bell cow that that wasn't catching passes um and full bell cow rushing for 3.2 yards per carry full bell count uh, and then needed needed to be uh you know relieved because they knew he full was going to get hurt because bell cow because <laughs> he always gets hurt he's always been hurt every single year he's he's from college well i think he made it went through one year of college but for the most part he's, he's always been hurt and what happens they give him a, a full bell cow roll for the first game, and what does he do? He gets hurt. Are you going to uh, talk about Ty Johnson or what? <laughs> no, I kind of like talking about carry on here. Uh, so, anyway, so Ty Johnson is now going to be in carry on's role. And Ty Johnson, when carry on was, was the starting role, he would go out and catch passes. So, if Ty Johnson is now in carry on's role, then who's going to be catching passes? So, or will he be a full bell cow? Will Ty Johnson be a full bell cow and catch passes and run the ball and McKissick is going to do absolutely nothing? Or will McKissick fill in Ty Johnson's role? I don't know. That remains the same. I mean... It remains to be seen. I mean, it's pretty clear. Coaches tend to stick with the formula. So uh, odds are they're just going to have the next man up mentality. So I think it's very likely that McKissick is going to take over the Ty Johnson role while Ty Johnson takes up the carry on Johnson role, which means that he'll be ineffective for most of the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Ty Johnson's been ineffective when he's gotten the ball. He's not actually much better than carry on's been. Uh, yeah, for all the people that blew your fab on Ty Johnson, enjoy Kenyon Drake or JHI's backup next week. That's my hot take. I don't think Ty Johnson's doing anything this week. Speaking of guys who might... Just who, saying is going to have a have well, a pull or a play or on a team is is quite a take. Well, I would no Jai is going to get signed in the next couple of weeks. I'm right there with you. I don't know that it's going to be the Lions, but that would make sense. But I will argue that actually Ty Johnson probably. I mean, the Giants are giving up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs, so Ty Johnson is very likely going to have a decent game. But long term, I'm not sure how much like value he might have. Wayne yeah. Gallman 2.0 baby. Gonna have, a big, gonna have a big game and then gonna die and then gonna be replaced. So, all right. Speaking of having a big game and then dying, uh, my question is: is uh, is this Daniel Jones's last stand? I he's lost the nickname. I know I used it earlier, but he's lost the nickname. He's no longer Danny Dimes. He's Danny Dismal. Danny Dismal. So busted out first game at Tampa. Four touchdowns, 225 passing yards. Since then, there's four games since then. Four touchdowns, seven interceptions, zero rushing touchdowns. 
Um, and he's thrown, he's uh, on pace to throw for 3,164 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, and 28 interceptions. Mm. 28 interceptions. That's that's real bad. If if you're keeping track at home, that's that's really bad. So, my question is: <clears throat> Is Daniel Jones finally gonna bounce back? Because the line secondary is banged up. They traded Diggs. This is the game where if he doesn't play well here, it's it's a downhill slope into Eli Manning season again. Unless. The only thing that stops that is unless the order to start Daniel Jones has come from on high. It's you're not, it was a front office decision. It's it, you're not you're not benching Daniel Jones. Here's the facts too. He hasn't had Saquon Barkley for a few games. That makes a difference. His last game, his his passing numbers were a little bit better, even though he wasn't getting the touchdowns. Uh, Wait, also, by a little better? Do you mean he didn't throw multiple interceptions? Uh, <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean. But, okay, 28 interceptions. You know who else had 28 interceptions as a rookie? Peyton Manning. That's because I Peyton. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Look, he's a rookie. He's gonna. I don't mind him throwing interceptions. You're, you're just trying to get him game reps. You're trying to build a team. They're not trying to win anything this year. They're trying to establish a culture. And I, I, Daniel Jones will play the entire year unless he gets hurts. This is Mike, why you don't give nicknames out before they earn it. Uh, what is earning a nickname? That's not something. You can just have a nickname. Earning yeah, you a don't nickname. Earn, like, you yeah. I mean, you only earn bad nicknames, generally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you know. okay, if your nickname is like, uh, what does LeBron call himself, like the chosen one or whatever, that's different. You can call yourself Danny Dimes. Hold that's on. That's a good nickname. Did LeBron didn't give himself his own nickname, did he? Uh, he has, I'm pretty sure he was the chosen one in high school. Yeah, well, um, yeah, but that was his high school calling him the chosen one because if you were LeBron James playing high school ball, you were the chosen one. Yeah, funny, funny story. So funny story before we we move on is uh, so I played high school basketball and um, technically I played high school basketball uh, in the it was it was possible for me to play against LeBron. It never would have happened because he was in Ohio, I was in California. But his senior year, I was a junior, so I was on varsity and. Um, we went. We took a trip, and um, being a basketball player, I read Slam Magazine. And so uh, uh, Slam Magazine had a cover with LeBron James on it. And uh, our best defender, this real, you know, good uh, good basketball defenders are a lot like uh, good cornerbacks or good wide receivers. They're, they're divas, basically. And um, so I'm reading the Slam Magazine, and um, he comes in, and he goes, and LeBron James is on the cover, and he goes, LeBron James. I could guard LeBron James. And I show him the cover and it says, there's two types of people in this world. People who think they can uh, guard LeBron James and sane people. So <laughs> that's whatever, whatever, that's my favorite LeBron James story. It has nothing. LeBron James has no idea that happened, but it's my favorite LeBron James story. So, all right, next game up. Tampa Bay travels to Tennessee uh, for uh, Ryan Tannehill versus Jameis Winston, the new Brady versus Manning. Uh, it's a 45.5 point over-under. Tennessee, 2.5 point favorites. Uh, Waleed wants to know, over-under on Jameis picks at 2.5. And I'm going to say, uh, my answer was, uh, he'll get a pick for each one of us. Three interceptions. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, what do you think, Mike? Over-under. The over-under, I'm setting a betting line at 2.5 interceptions for Jameis Winston. 
Is he in the over or the under? I think he's in the under. Oh. So you don't watch a lot of Jameis Winston football is what I'm hearing. He's going over. Mike's an optimist. I'm pretty sure he's already thrown an interception in pregame warmups. (laughs) Mike's just an optimist, right? I'm I'm, I'm a glass uh, negative half full. Glass negative half So it's like half full of like antimatter or like negative half full be like half full of like vomit? It, it could be. Or I, think, I think he's dying of thirst. <laughs> That's what's happening? Uh, hold, hold on. I got to get some water. <laughs> All right. Uh, so over. That's the under. Um, so, Mike, uh, you are looking for. Um, you accuse Mike Evans of being Clark Kent. But I'll, I'll let you say your piece and then I'll, I'll, I'll respond to you. So you want to know if he's going to be Superman or continue to be Clark Kent? Right. And this is what I mean by if you guys have ever seen Superman 2, you'll know what exactly what I mean. So Christopher Reeve uh, goes to, uh, I don't know what his his home plants, Hoth, something. I can't remember where it was. And he went to a Star Wars planet. (laughs) It's Krypton. It's Krypton. That's why it's called called Kryptonite. Okay, so he he goes he goes to Krypton and uh, he he. Because he falls in love with Lois Lane, he decides to, to abandon being Superman and chooses Clark Kent uh, to be forever. He can no longer be Superman. He loses all his powers. So he travels. They go. They stop at this diner. And in the diner, in this truck stop diner, he gets in a fight with this like truck stop guy and, and just gets the bleat kicked out of him. I mean, just beaten up very badly. And so... Movie goes on, blah, blah, blah. He finds out that he needs to be Superman, goes back to Krypton, becomes Superman, and then goes back to the diner and beats the hell out of the truck driver. So my question is, will Mike Evans continue to be Clark Kent or will he turn himself back into Superman and save the day? Waleed, what do you think? Sounds to me like he's saying, is Mike Evans going to be a dick? Like, (laughs) you just really went to get you... This is like, this is an Intel origin story, is what you're telling me here. Whoa, 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 time out. It's pronounced incel. (laughs) Incel whatever, I don't... It it stands for involuntarily celibate. So you're saying it's the Joker movie? Basically, yes. Alright, Mike, here's my response to you. Mike Evans was Clark Kent, Okay. First couple games of the season. He is currently Superman. Throw the the zero-point game out. Or actually, you know what? These stats include that zero-point game. Over the last five weeks of the season, so excluding his first two games, he is the number four wide receiver and half-point PPR fantasy points per game. So I submit to you, he has already returned from Krypton. He is Superman, and he will continue to be Superman. Also, wait, wait to disrespect cam newton here by bringing a superman reference not talking about cam newton <laughs> so hey you know what i i only let uh starting uh nfl caliber players uh be discussed on this podcast <laughs> shots fired well if they're shots from cam newton i know they won't hit me so that's that's okay oh. all right Damn. all right i i got spicy defending my boy mike michael evans so my question ryan Tannehill. Wasn't that long ago 
that people were wondering if Ryan Tannehill was a good quarterback. Weird thing to say, but Pro Football Focus had a top ten had him as a top ten quarterback a few years ago. Uh, Mike, you got to talk to your boys about that. I'm, I'm I'm not quite so sure about about that. I think there might have been some charting errors or inconsistencies, but he flamed out in uh, Miami because he got hurt, and that was a couple of years ago. Like he missed all of 2017, then he flamed out in Miami last year, which flamed out isn't you know it's a little uh uh uh. uh uh, not very generous to Ryan Tannehill. 17, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, and, and 11 starts. Not great, but it's not, you know, there are worse quarterback uh, stats out there. This week, he gets his second start for Tennessee. He gets his second start for Tennessee against the uh, the Buccaneers. And um, the Buccaneers allow the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So my question is, is Ryan Tannehill worth starting this weekend? Is he, I mean, if you're desperate and you're hitting the skids, is Ryan Tannehill worth starting? And then alternative question. If Ryan Tannehill performs well this weekend, will all the Tennessee Titans fans shut up about how Marcus Mariota has been held back by the team and by the scheme? Will they finally shut up and admit that maybe Marcus Mariota isn't good? Will they please do that? And that's not a question. That's me imploring them to please shut up about Marcus Mariota if Ryan Tannehill performs this weekend. So my question is really, Ryan Tannehill, is he worth a stream this weekend? No. All right. Thank you for the verbose answer. I'd go for it. Yeah. Tampa Bay, why not? You know, I think that'll be a kind of high-scoring game. I think A.J. Brown's probably going to do some damage. Go for it. Print the shirts. Print yeah. the shirts. Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback. No? Okay. No. No? Okay. Is Ryan Tannehill a top 10 quarterback in the AFC South? Maybe. I'm not sure he's a top 10 quarterback in the CFL. So. Oh. Is he a top, is he a, is he a, the best quarterback on the Titans? Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh. Mon will lead. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know who the third stringer is. Oh, Ooh. let's. I'm not going to look it up because I'm going to assume that it is Charlie Whitehurst because it's always Charlie Whitehurst. Tons all, right. all the time. Clipboard Jesus. All right. Next game up. Oh, yeah. Next game up. Denver at Indianapolis. 42 and a half point over under. Uh, Indianapolis are five and a half point favorites. Mike wants to know, or Waleed wants to know, I thought this was a Mike question because of what it is. Is Frank Reich the coach of the year? And I assume this has to do with uh, um, Jake the Rake. Okay, Evan. Jake the Rake, Mm -hmm. Reset. I mean, that is definitely part of it. It's just overall, if I thought, if you told me which team at the start of the season was going to spiral out of control and go into a tailspin... It would have been indie. Like it felt like everything, everything that could have gone wrong for them before the season started, really feels like it did. And Colts are good. They're real good at football. They're a quality football franchise. They're great. Mike, what do you think about that? Frank Reich, think, coach of the year. It's, it's you know I never could put my finger on who the coach of the year is because anytime like. 
it's a team would be at last place. Coach comes in, turn, turns them into a playoff team the following year, and somebody else is the coach of the year. And I'm going, I, 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 I. So to, to say who the coach of the year is, I would love it if it's Frank Reich. But I, to, to be honest with you, I suck at picking coach of the year. Well, which coach do you think well, – I guess my, I'll go – which coach do you think would be most deserving? Like, it doesn't matter about picking it. It's about who you think it should be. I, I think the points that you brought up about the Colts, because everybody had written them off as anywhere near playoff contender because of the retirement of Andrew Luck, is absolutely correct. I, I think everybody written had had them written off. Uh, and so to, to be where they're at right now, um, I can't think of a different one. The, the only – I mean – Okay, well, Jeff, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts on coaches before I give my thoughts? I'm racking my mind here, so I'm thinking there is a team. What is team? What is it? It's they they picked number two overall last year, and now they're undefeated. Yep. They haven't what? beaten anybody yet. Okay, that's not true. You can they beat the Rams? You can yeah, only beat the, they, again. You can only beat the Rams. You can only beat the teams that that they put in front of you. So I'm going to go with Shanny. I'm going to be a homer and say that Shanahan deserves to be coach of the year. We'll see how uh, how it goes going forward. But as of right now, this very moment, you ask me, they've allowed 10 points in their last three games combined. I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. If there, I will admit, like, in my head, there's a short list of three coaches that should be on that list. Frank Reich was number one. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is number two. This is not in any order. I think all of them are equally deserving. Number three, Sean Payton. Also, by the way, guys, we're just completely ignoring, like we do every year when we talk about Coach of the Year, that Bill Belichick exists. I mean, he's the coach of the decade. He's the yeah. coach of the century. There's no, he'll never win it because everything he does is expected. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's MVP fatigue. Like they have, like Mike Trout can't win MVP every year. Or, but I uh, will say this: if they go undefeated, which is a real possibility with that defense. Although I don't know if it's the combination of that defense in their ultra soft schedule. Uh, I could see him getting it, but really, I think the the three I listed are the ones that are the, the top candidates. Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about um, you know who who have the Niners beat. Who have the Pats beat? That's 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 beat Buffalo. But well, we already talked about how Buffalo hasn't beaten any Buffalo's faced. Yeah, you're, it's like it's like they haven't beat anybody all the way down. You know, the Pats they only beat they they beat the five one Buffalo Bills, but the Buffalo Bills only played one good team, and it was the Pats. It's like all the way don't, down. Don't the 49ers play the Saints this year? Yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, uh, I can't wait for that game. That's gonna yeah. be a fun game, don't you think? I would say so. That might be the answer to your question. About uh, for, 49ers versus – well, it's a road game. You know what? Last time 49ers went into uh, uh, New Orleans, they were they were robbed. And it robbed them of the MC, NFC Championship game, and they played it in Seattle, and Navarro Bowman got killed, and it cost them the Super Bowl. This is revenge. They're going to take out Drew Brees. They're going to murder Drew Brees. All right. That's enough Coach of the Year discussion, I think. Um, Mike wants to know if uh, Zach Pascal's number – Math, uh, math reference there for you. Zach Pascal's number is number two for the Colts. Is he the number two wide receiver? Yeah, and he's 
really, if you're looking over the Colts roster, um, of course, Funches is IR'd. He's been, I think, uh, scheduled to come back week 12. But even even with that, it's the m- person who's done the most with the targets that's been given. Chester Rogers has more targets. Um, Ebron, Doyle, of course, Ty, Will, Ty Hilton has more targets. Uh, but he's the number one receiver, of course. Um, but of all the other guys, the one that's done the most with the targets is Zach Paschal. And he he had a great game last week. He scored two touchdowns. Um, and overall, with 19 targets, he has 13 receptions, 239 yards, and three touchdowns. So uh, Paris Campbell will come back. But, yeah, I, I, I'm really intrigued to see if Pascal is the number two receiver. And we will see that happen if that is the case against the Denver Broncos. If they really start to target him more um, and really make him the focus, then you could probably nail it to the board that Pascal is the number two receiver. If it goes to everybody else and it's just, uh, you know, stewed pot of, of receivers, then, you know, forget it, scratch it off the board. But I'm really looking for the Colts to get a number two receiver and say, okay, you are the guy. And just not, it's Ty Hilton show and everybody else is plays a role. They have one. He's on the IR. He's eligible to return in week 10. He's a quality wide receiver. Like I've always said, like I've always said, Devin Funches, baby, <laughs> an amazing wide receiver. <laughs> Not even a good tight end. So Not even a good the, tight the correct end. answer is their number two receiver is Naheem Hines. That's who's getting the most. Targets. Yeah, Naheem Hines is up there as well. Yeah. So, all right. My question, and we touched on it earlier this uh, this episode, is what does the Cortland Sutton wide receiver sh- wide receiver one show look like as the number two wide receiver? And arguably, certain games he was the number one wide receiver. He's averaging. Um, Excuse me. He's averaging uh, almost eight targets a game for 80 yards. He scored three touchdowns in six, uh, seven games this year. So that's not bad. The touchdowns are a little low uh, for what you're looking for, but he's had consistent production, consistent quality production. And um, I'm curious if the if being the wide receiver one screws him up because he's facing the better coverage, or if the increase in targets, if he turns into a 10 or 11 target a game guy, if that's what he looks like, he's going to be even better for you in PPR. Even if his yardage comes down a little bit, the extra receptions will, and, and uh, the uh, end zone targets will uh, certainly help uh, overcome uh, any matchup problems that he has. So, I mean, Indy has a good secondary, right, Mike? Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, they got a couple good uh, safeties, a couple cornerbacks, but they can definitely be exposed as well. Yeah. So it's, 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 I think it's a good first test for him. So I'm curious to see what does the, uh, the, the Cortland Sutton wide receiver one show look like. That's what I'm curious about. And, um, I'll, I'll give you the answer. It's going to look the same as it's been. He's, he's been the number one receiver. He's been getting more targets than Sanders over the last three weeks. Yeah. He, so I'm, he's, he's the man. Like I'm he already is the man. I'm wondering if that emergence is what, uh, gave him the, uh, the the go ahead to to trade Manny Sanders. I think um, what gave him the go ahead is they're not winning anything this year, and Sanders isn't going to be part of their future, so they might as well get capital for what'll help them in the future. Yeah, that's not a bad call. So yeah, uh, what is a bad call is the NFL sending Cincinnati and the Rams to London, forty eight point over under. Uh, uh, thir- Rams are thirteen point favorites. Um, 
Waleed wants to know: Is this fair to the to to London, or is it revenge? <laughs> is it the revolutionary? Yeah, is it fair war? to London fans to make them watch the Bengals? I got to say the question right because it makes it makes a difference. Is it fair to those poor British fans who just who don't ever get to watch any football, and we're like, let's show them football, and then we show them the Bengals, the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, the defeated Cincinnati Bengals, because they haven't won a game, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's going to be, it's going to be rough sledding. It's going to be a hard game to watch. Um, but Mike like thinks. Rams. Yeah, Mike thinks that there is going to be a bright spot, and it's going to be the Rams' offense. He wants to know about Jared Goof, as I've called him. Jared Goof, everybody, because he's been playing bad this year. And I think, yeah, I think that's very fitting uh, name is Jared Goof. The the last time that Goof threw for 290 yards and two or more touchdowns was against the Bucks in Week 4, but he had to throw 68 passes to do it, so... And that was mostly catch-up garbage time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, it was just every every time he, they ran a ran the um, a play, he it was a pass play. Uh, he ended up throwing two touchdowns, but he also added three interceptions. Goof. Uh, so the Bengals defense is, is kind of kind of good against pass. Two hundred fifty-one yards per game. I think a lot of that has to do with teams just being ahead, so they run the ball more. Uh, but 11th in the NFL against that pass. They are 27th worst in allowing points to the fantasy quarterback, so this could be done, but I'm looking at one or the other. Goof is either going to throw two touchdowns or he's going to throw 290 yards. Uh, I don't know which, but I don't really see uh, both happening this week. He's going to do both. It's uh, it's not him. He hasn't been bad this year. He's just been kind of average. And the fact that Todd Gurley isn't who isn't Todd Gurley anymore uh, puts a lot more of the onus on the offense and Jared Goff. And he was never that guy. So it's a little unfair to him. But what is going to be which, you know, which is a great uh, slump buster playing the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. They, th- their defense is that team is that team is. They're not in full-on Miami Dolphins tank mode, but they're not far behind either. And he's, I mean, he's been thrown for yards. He just had a couple of bad games with turnovers. But for the most part, I mean, if you think about that San Francisco game where he just got completely shut down, he's had 250 yards every game except for week one. Yeah, I mean. I, I, he, I still think he's a bad quarterback. He's yeah, not I mean, a bad quarterback. He, he can't. Mitchell he can't Trubisky's read, he can't read the defense pre-snap. He can't read the defense. Sean McVay has to do it for him. That's a bad quarterback. Like, I'm sorry. That's uh, People want to talk about, like, oh, you know, the offensive line's bad, so he's seeing a lot of pressure, so that's what's going on. Well, when you can't read a defense pre-snap and you don't know what's coming at you, see, it's got my dog all riled up. <laughs> you can't see what's coming at you. That's when you see a lot of a lot of pressure because you don't know to change the play. You don't know to, you know, switch up the protections. So you get killed. It's the same thing that happened to Colin Kaepernick. It's the same exact thing. He, he played, he started by behind a good offensive line with a good coach and he never grew as a quarterback. He never learned to read a defense pre-snap. 
the exact same thing that's happening to Jared Goff. The moment the 49ers offensive line stopped being the best one in the league, Colin Kaepernick started to see ghosts. He started to run for his life every single play, and he started to play poorly. That is the exact same thing that has happened to Jared Goff because neither one of them can read a defense pre-snap. The only difference is one of them is no longer in the NFL. The other one has hamstrung a franchise for the next four years, a franchise that is in my division, and I'm very happy that this bad quarterback is being paid. That's my take on Jared Goff. I like it. Tell us what you really think, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that I used. I had. I was suppressing a cough the entire time because I could not have a cough in the middle of that because that would definitely kill that momentum. <laughs> so, speaking of momentum being killed, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, three point oh two yards per attempt, six point six yards per reception. Uh, he's a quality NFL. I mean, he's he's a good running back. That, that that there's not a lot of doubt in that. But this Bengals offensive line is so bad that it's it's overwhelming. Uh, Joe Mixon being a good, uh, a good running back. He's on pace. Killing for my eight. dynasty shares of him because he's, it's not his fault. He's killing your uh, absurdity experts league uh, team as well. Um, he's on pace for 807 all-purpose yards. He's on pace for five touchdowns. This is, I mean, it's week eight, guys. This is like a Joe Mixon last stand game. He's 94% owned. He's not. <laughs> He, he won't be after this week if they I'm, don't do something. And the nice thing is, though, the Rams, that Rams, you know what? Losing in Sue has made a huge difference on that Rams defense because they aren't as good against the run as they have been in years past. When you had Donald and Sue, that, that run defense was something. Yeah, and 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 right now it's it's it's, it's just average. What it was, yeah, it's average. That's a, it's it's okay, it's passable. But average, average is fine when you're playing a Bengals offensive line that's just decimated. Garbage. Yeah, it's it's whatever the opposite of strength on strength is. You know, it's, it's the guard. Like I mean, you had the one guard who just retired right before the season started. You had your left tackle go on IR. It's just you lost half your line like in the span of a week. It was brutal, and it wasn't that good of a line to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like going from one of the best to you know losing a couple pieces. It was going from what was. Hoping to be an above-average line to uh, um, garbage. garbage. Yeah, Yeah. to bad, to bad. So this is, I called it, I asked if this was the Joe Mixon last stand game. He rushed 10 times for two yards last week. The week before that, he rushed eight times for 10 yards. He had 93 yards and 16 uh, uh, receiving yards against the Cardinals. But his, 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 uh, he's had, um, more games this season with the yards per carry under two than he's had over four. So, I mean, it, it, he, maybe he's not overcoming, uh, he's not able to overcome his offensive line. And if they address that, be more than happy to take Joe Mixon in the, the third or fourth round next year. I'm thinking Juju and Joe Mixon are going to be big bounce back candidates in the third and yep. fourth round next year. But, but how many times do, can, can we say that Joe Mixon is in line for a bounce, bounce back year? That's a he good question. A good, he had a good year last year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah he did. But, I mean, we were expecting a big year out of him his rookie season that, that uh, you know, didn't really materialize. So I, 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 I think what Mike's point is, is, like, how many years are we going to hype up Joe Mixon? Because at this point, he's going to have two bad years out of his three in the NFL. Yeah, but it's it's about context. I mean, it's if, if you watch the game, you can see that, Mixon isn't the problem. He's got he's got the same problem Montgomery has in that 
you can't if you're getting hit three yards behind the line of scrimmage, there's only so much you can do. And it's in. Oh, my God. It's. Yeah. yeah. But but we'll lead. People are saying people always say that it's it's you know, you got to look at context. You got to look like this. It, how much does context change year over year in the NFL? Like, what are the odds that the Bengals have a killer offensive line next year? Right. I mean, it's they don't it's, need a killer offensive line. They need an average offensive line, but they also it's going to be interesting because they're they are they're in a rebuild mode right now. So it depends on what they do. This next off is going to be significant, and one off season can make a huge difference. And look at the Packers. I mean, Aaron yeah, Jones. I mean, I mean, is my the guy thing, that people are liking a lot right now. I mean, my thing is is that uh, Joe Mixon's running style. And and it's kind of what we're seeing with Lev Bell in, in, in the Jets. They're, they're stop-start, herky-jerky style. That works when you have a good offensive line. But if you're stopping, coming to a full stop behind a bunch of turnstiles, that's why you get that's when you get blasted in the backfield and you have all these things about turn to three-yard loss and do a one-yard game sort of deal. Because that play style is conducive and it's very effective with a strong offensive line. But when you stand behind, when you come to a stop behind the line of scrimmage with a bad offensive line, it just doesn't work. It just flat out doesn't work, and that's what we're seeing with Joe Mixon. Yeah. No, I hear you, but I think that that offensive line, I think you're going to find them investing. I mean, that's their offseason. Their offseason plan has to be fix the offensive line. If it isn't, then, yeah, Mixon. But their offseason plan should be to fix the quarterback. Well, I mean, I think that's why they're losing all their games. Yeah. Thanks for two. That's what the year is. All right. I think that's enough Bengals chat. That's enough. It got me all fired up, and I'm too sick to get fired up. So, <laughs> cards at Saints, 48 and a half point over under. New Orleans are 10 point favorites, and Waleed wants to know how badly the Cardinals are missing Christian Kirk. Mm. How bad are they? I would say they're badly missing him. Because honestly, Larry Fitzgerald, since he's been hurt, his numbers have dipped, and that offense in general just seems like who are the receivers behind those two? Uh, I literally, I, I know the Andy Isabella, yeah, uh, uh, Bird. What's his name? Sherfield. Yeah, Demary Bird. You might as well just start going back to the San Diego. Oh, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers depth chart at this point. You're just naming names of people who are ineffective. So, <laughs> but they yeah. won three in a row. They did win three in a row. They How are, but, but that offense isn't what we were promised. And that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's it's I don't know what to tell you. The answer is a lot. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to answer this question. Uh, Mike wants to know, is this the week that Chase Edmonds forces a running back by committee? My answer is no. Yeah, I don't agree that he'll. I mean, David Johnson is still David Johnson. Mike, what's your take? Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you guys. I, I I just don't think you're like okay. Well, David Johnson now is is getting you know 12 carries and Edmonds is getting 12 carries. Plus that would just really disrupt the offense as far as what they're trying to do with Kyler Murray. Just you know snap throw, snap throw, snap throw, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I do see Chase Edmonds if he does have have a, a really good day. Uh, I can see them trying to figure out. Okay, so if we put Edmonds in the slot and Johnson as the main running back, how does that look? 
those kind of things. I, I do see a change in offense coming if, if Edmonds can sort of uh, beat down that New Orleans Saints uh, defense. All right. Fair enough. So uh, moving on, next question. Mine's kind of similar. We we touched on these backfields earlier in the podcast, so it's like, you know, not not a lot more to say, but I want to know what the Kamara-Latavia split is, if um, if he plays or if they just hold Kamara out um, until after their bye, because uh, it kind of tells me what they think about the Cardinals as a viable opponent. They don't need, you know, if, if they think that uh, they can just get by without Alvin Kamara, then they get by without Alvin Kamara. But um, if they do get in, get him in. I want to see what the split is because uh, this has been a split ba- backfield pretty much as long as Sean Payton's been around. It's been multiple backs. And uh, uh, it was kind of weird that Alvin Kamara uh, consolidated power uh, this year. Um, but I'm wondering if uh, in- um, Ingram, see, uh, Freudian slip there. If uh, uh, Latavius can uh, force to force a running back, kind of kind of like uh, Mike's question, if he's forcing his hand to have uh, Payton go back to uh, what he's always done with the Saints. All right, boys. Next one up. A game that I am not at all excited. I have no interest in this game whatsoever. Uh, Jets at Jags. 41.0 over under. Jags are six and a half point favorites. Waleed wants to know if Gardner Minshew is forcing Nick Foles off this roster. What do you guys think? That's not how these questions work. (laughs) What? I want, I feel like we should be having a discussion. I kind of think that Nick Foles isn't going to be the guy in, uh, I, I, I think that Gardner Minshew has been really impressive, actually. Like, I know he's not, like, lighting the world on fire, but he's so consistent on what is a fairly average team. Like, he's the, I think he's the only thing that's making the Jags worth watching. Uh, I mean, has their defense bounced back this year? I mean, the, the Jags are such no, they a haven't. black hole. Yeah, they haven't. And Ramsey's gone. I mean, maybe he, he's the engine that's making DJ Chark exciting. So, and and yeah, I mean, and he was a f- lighting lighting up a little bit too. Who's that? What's that? Oh, Westbrook. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, he was a sensation. They had the the mustache day, but he's he's cooled off over the last couple of games. So, curious if he's gonna be if he's gonna flame out or if he's gonna keep 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 it rolling. Your dog is arguing with you. He doesn't agree yeah. that he's pulled off. My, I dog, need, I my mean, dog needs to shut up. <laughs> he had two, like last week, he had 255 yards and a touchdown. That's not cooling off that much. He only really had the one bad game against New Orleans. And let's face it, everyone's having a bad game against New Orleans since Teddy Bridgewater took over. All right. All right. I'll, I'll concede that point to you. So, all right. Mike wants to know who Sam Darnold's going to call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, since uh, he he really was seeing ghosts out there last week against the Patriots, uh, is is he gonna is he gonna perform well? And then if he does perform well, is that because he called the Ghostbusters? <laughs> what what uh what would be the NFL equivalent? What what would uh what would have to happen for the Jets? Do you think for him to overcome that seeing ghosts from last week? Like, is it a like? four touchdown game from from Sam Darnold for him to get rid of that bad juju from last week or do you think it might be just something that haunts him all year I I think that that the defense really had him confused and really probably he was dealing with probably some kind of concussion but uh I I yeah two touchdowns uh to 250 I think I think would kind of clear that clear those ghosts away so here's here's my thing about the ghosts that 
the uh, Sam Darnold seeing. Everyone's seen those ghosts when they're playing the Patriots. The Patriots are the best fantasy defense in football. They're almost double the next best defense. It's they're 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 like if if you could put them in a, in a position running back or wide receiver, you would do it every week. Yeah, you, you can't. It's hard to get. It's hard to blame Sam Darnold for doing what every quarterback against the Patriots has done, which is completely poop to bed. Vomit yeah. all over himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, that I, I think that you can't take any context out of that. Darnold should be fine. Honestly, I wish I had him on the Bears. So, it, I mean, in, to be honest, his his uh, seeing ghost line. I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing in particular because he is aware of what is going on. You know, if he was if they had if he if he was sitting on the bench. And NFL Films caught him saying, man, I just don't know what is happening out there. That would be worse than saying I'm seeing ghosts because he understands what's happening, that he's just he's getting spooked by the defense. So it's like that's something that he can address. And it's it's like Waleed said, it, it's an, an understandably temporary, temporary problem to have. But if he see, if he says, man, I just I just don't know what's going on out there. That's a bigger. That would be a would be a bigger concern to me. It, so, it'd be more concerning if he said he was seeing Vigo von Homburg Duschendorf. <laughs> is that uh, uh Ghostbusters two? That yeah, is Ghostbusters two. So. Ghostbusters two. Yeah. All right. Is uh and um you know is uh his spleen the stay puffed marshmallow man or is it uh back to normal? I would say it's probably back to normal. So my question is is uh did the jet season end before it even starts? I mean, the Jags are big favorites in this one. They're probably going to take it down. C.J. Mosley's hurt. Uh, you know, Lev Bell can't seem to get it going. I, I, I mean, I'm just curious. If they lose this one, it's like, well, is the season over before it even starts? Or is this a flexion point where Sam Darnold becomes, he becomes the quarterback of this team. He rallies them. He gets them back on board. They're not necessarily, not necessarily saying they're going anywhere but because the season's over. But can, can he prove himself to be the QB1, undoubtedly the leader of that? that locker room can he rally the troops and i think the only way to do that is if they go into jacksonville and win this game on um, sam darnold you know busting those ghosts do you, do you think uh not last week i'm sorry the week before where he what did he throw for three touchdowns and 300 yards is that changing people's perspective of him um i mean kind of i three Against Dallas, yeah, I, I think it did. I think the problem is is that he, uh, you know, he came back with such an awful stinker of a game that it's hard, you know, people are are wondering what the real Sam Darnold is, you know? Right. I think that's the problem. If he, if he had, so if the schedule had gone Dallas, Jags, Patriots, I think, it, and, and he did whatever he would, ends up doing in this game, the narrative might be different. But I think, you know, going up against the Patriots and turning in like, what do you turn in like negative three fantasy points? Let's see what this is. It, it, look, yeah. the sample size is non-existent right now. It really is. You had the one really blow up game, one horrible game against the best defense in football and one just kind of meh game. So we, we need more. I don't know that. The, I don't know that Jacksonville is going to be. I mean, this season's not going to this season like this season's already over for them. They're not winning, but it's all about development of Darnold. But they have a chance to really roll throughout the next few games because you got Jacksonville, who is 
like that line of six and a half that that feels like everyone's begging you to pick Jacksonville. Like I feel like the Jets are a sneaky play on that one. Then you got Miami, the Giants, Washington. Like the Jets are in a position to go on a nice little roll. If and to be fair, a lot of those losses came from not having Sam Darnold. I mean that offense without him is so much worse. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, they immediately ended up on their third string. So don't forget that. (laughs) So, uh, cause, um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Who was the backup that blew out his ankle immediately? Was it Simeon? Yeah, I think it was Simeon. Yeah. He blew out his ankle immediately. And so they had to go to Luke Falk. So if you're immediately on your third string quarterback, yeah, things are going to get bad in a hurry. Things are going to get real bad in the hurry, which is why my question was, is like, did the Jets season end before it even got a chance to start? So that's kind of, you know, why I'm hoping that, you know, maybe he can rally the troops and have, make them have a respectable offense in the second half. So, all right, next game up, Panthers-Niners, our first one o'clock game, uh, 42 point over under, Niners five and a half point favorites. Um, I would take the under, it seems a little high scoring, but um all right. Well, Lee wants to know. Last two game weeks, Jimmy G hasn't scored a touchdown. Will his touchdown woes continue? What do you think, Waleed? I mean, Panthers have been doing pretty well, and I don't know that I trust handsome Jimmy G. I I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Do you think the 49ers might be frauds, paper giants? I I think the biggest test is going to be against the Saints. If, if they they've beaten a lot of weak teams this thus far, but you. You know, this is Jeff said, you got to beat the teams in front of you. You got to beat them, you know, when you're facing them. But have they beat anybody? Have they been tested? No. Um, and I think that test. The Rams? Hornets. The Rams no, aren't a test? No, I, I, I don't think that. Well, any any division team is is a test, but no, not really. I, 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 I nah. Okay. What, uh, do you think? what do you think, Jeff? I think, do I think that Jimmy G throws a touchdown? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I <laughs> yes. I mean, it's they they got Emmanuel Sanders this week. I mean, last week was was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen anybody play. It was mud, torrential downpours, um, all that good stuff. And um, I just I just uh, I, I I will go out on a limb and say Jimmy G uh, will score a touchdown this week. Call me crazy. Call me a homer. But I think he'll. No, score I actually I actually agree with you. I just I just really wanted to give you some grief because I know you're a homer. Uh, don't worry. There'll be plenty of homer talk in this one. So Mike wants to know if uh, uh, Cam Newton's going to get Wally Pipps. Yeah, basically. Uh, and the, the 49ers have been absolutely great against quarterbacks all season. Uh, against Winston, Winston threw for 194 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Rudolph, Steelers, 174, two touchdowns, one interception. Then it just got pretty much worse from there. Mayfield, 120 yards, no touchdowns. Golf, 70 yards, no touchdowns. Keenum, 77 yards, no touchdowns. They haven't allowed a touchdown by a quarterback in three straight games. It, the only the only team that actually was somewhat successful against the 49ers was, I don't think anybody would guess, Andy Dalton. 311 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. So, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers against the pass is pretty, if not the best, second best defense in, in football right now. So, if, if 
Kyle Allen can show up, throw 260, two touchdowns. I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're going to see Cam Newton at all this year. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that Cam Newton returns? All right. So one thing. that uh, So to further bolster your point, that Andy Dalton two-touchdown game, uh-huh. uh, it was 41-11 with a minute left. And um, Andy Dalton threw a, I think it was 62-yard touchdown to John Ross. When the defense was already on the bus, basically. Falling asleep, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were already on the bus. So I would say that that further bolsters your point about Andy Dalton. Or about the, the 49ers defense. But, defense, yeah. But yeah. I'm going to answer yeah. your question with another question, Mike. Sure. Is this the week that the NFL finally and everybody finally realizes that despite his record, Kyle Allen is a fraud? Kyle Allen has not played well except for his first game. What, what metric would you like me to use other than wins to tell you how, how Kyle, Kyle Allen has played? Interceptions. Okay. So he has one interception, okay? Or he has zero interceptions. Has okay, zero, fine. Yeah. He has zero interceptions. His yards per attempt, 6.67 yards per attempt. That's below Andy Dalton, Mason Rudolph, and Marcus Mariota. One of those guys should be benched. One of those guys has been benched. And one of those guys should be a backup quarterback next year. His 8.0 yards per uh, attempt, including um, uh, yards after the catch, is 8. That's the 30th in the NFL. His last three games, so other than playing the abysmal uh, Cardinals defense in week three, his first game, he's averaged 213.3 yards and one, uh, one touchdown per game. He has leaned on Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is hiding that Kyle Allen really doesn't do much. 213 passing yards and a touchdown a game. I could, you know, I bet we could list uh, two dozen quarterbacks off the top of our head that have done that in the last two years. He's a fraud. Is this the game that people finally realize that Kyle Allen isn't really adding much to this team and might be, uh, you know, against a good defense, an active detriment? Because against Houston, he's threw no touchdowns. Against Jacksonville, he threw one. It took the Tampa Bay offense that just bleeds production to quarterbacks for him to throw multiple touchdowns after his his bust-out game once teams had tape on him. So my question is, is are the 49ers going to expose Kyle Allen? And will Cam, it's the opposite of your question, Mike. Will Cam Newton suddenly be healed next week after the bye? Or sorry, coming out, they're coming out of the bye. But will he finally be healed after... Kyle Allen gets smashed, smashed under Nick Bosa's boot. Under here's, Eric Armstead. Here's why he won't be exposed as a fraud. Because Christian McCaffrey exists. No, all the quarterbacks who have played against the 49ers in the last few weeks have looked terrible. And they're considered legitimate NFL quarterbacks. So Kyle Allen pooping his pants is only going to just be people giving credits to the 49ers, not a detriment to Kyle Allen. I just kind of feel like partway through the f- third quarter, uh, Panthers PR is going to release a statement that Cam Newton is healed and and uh, will be fine well, to go for Tennessee. All right, so that's enough. Uh, is Kyle Allen a fraud talk? Because he very clearly is a fraud, and the 49ers will expose him. So speaking of frauds, the Cleveland Browns, they travel to the Patriots to get the requisite AFC team Rear end spanking, 46 point over under. The the Pats are 12 and a half point favorites. 
And um, well, Lee, do you want to know if the defense is legit or if they're benefiting or the Pats defense or if they're benefiting from the softest schedule in recent memory? And to that, I say, will this really change? <laughs> That's not a good offense they're playing against. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll change this week, but I just kind of want to. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good offense, but compared to the offenses it has faced, let's see, week one, Pittsburgh, week two, Miami, week three, uh, a non-Sam Darnold uh, Jets team, week four, Buffalo, week five, Washington, week six, Giants, week seven, uh, a man of Darnold's team still recovering from mono. The the, The ghost seers. Yeah. So it's hard for me to judge how good New England's defense is, but really, as you've already said, Cleveland kind of a fraud. So this is probably not the week that we discover this. Yeah, not a good, not a good uh, offense so far this year. Unless they they do what Jarvis Landry said and go to New England to win, which is was a very silly thing for Jarvis Landry to say. But um. But Mike, uh, you were wondering if if uh, Baker Mayfield can cross the lowest of quarterback thresholds, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty <laughs> low. Uh, you know, I was thinking about New England, what, what what to say about offensively and everything else, but it's just I think that's all known. I think everybody knows what New England's going to do offensively. So I wanted to turn my attention towards Cleveland, and I think we know that Nick Chubb is probably going to do something i mean it's going to be hard against this patriots defense but you know we, he'll do something so wh- what is up with May- mayfield and uh, one touchdown and 250 yards uh, i i'm kind of hoping that that he he might just do one or the other I, I i don't actually even see both happening um he he's he's literally only thrown five touchdowns this year and he has 11 interceptions to go with that. I, I, I don't know if, if he's confused about how that touchdown to interception ratio works. If he's like dyslexic and thinks it goes the other way or what his situation is. But, wow, going from last year where everybody's, oh, no wonder he was the number one quarterback. Big D was obvious the number one quarterback to, oh, my goodness, garbage can trash. Uh, it's got to be the biggest flip um, all season. All right. And then my question piggybacks on yours, Mike, which is what will the change in Baker Mayfield's ownership be for next uh, next week? And uh, will he qualify for Waleed's waiver wire piece? Not by not by should you pick him up, but by ownership, because Waleed, what's the ownership percentage for your waiver wire piece? Fifty percent. And he's at 63 <clears throat> right now. So he is for sure going to be. You know what? In week one, in one in my work league, someone cut Baker Mayfield, and I was like, I'll take Baker Mayfield cheap. And I realized that that guy was way smarter than I was because I'm still <laughs> holding on to Baker, and I don't know why. Yeah, it's 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 a roster clog right now, you know, because you don't want to start him, and you don't know, you know, you're not going to want to start him this week, and uh, coming up. Cleveland gets at Denver, then Buffalo, so maybe Pittsburgh, then Miami. There's a game where you could start him uh, in Week 12. So hang on to him for Week 12, Walid. How's that? Um, no, thank you. Okay. So, uh, so uh, next game up, Oakland at Houston. 
My dog loves to chime in. 52 point over under Houston, seven point favorites. Um, and Waleed wants to know if God is punishing Evan by making the Raiders competitive this year, which is, I need, I need uh, to see your math on that one. I mean, they're actually, they're competitive. They're doing well. I am one win away from winning uh, a six pack of beer from a coworker who said that the Oakland Raiders would not win. Was it three games or four? I can't remember. What, Goodness. What right now, huh? Uh, I think they won three games. Yeah, so four games. I just need them to win four games. And you, both you and Evan told me when you looked at their schedule, they're like, I don't know that I would have taken that bet. Well, you know what? Don't listen to me. We are almost two hours into this podcast, and I say to everybody, don't listen to me. Just don't listen. About two hours deep into the 51st episode of this podcast, just don't listen to me. That's what I told you, and you... Just don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Mike. Will Derek Carr throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns for the first time this season? Uh oh, Mike's not listening to me. I'm I'm not listening to you. Um, (laughs) Mike's got jokes. I get jokes. So he he struggled. Uh, If you know, if it wasn't for Josh Jacobs, I don't know if the Raiders would win three games this year because. He is just such a mediocre quarterback. I mean, so overall, he has not thrown for more than 300 yards, and um, he hasn't had more than two touchdowns. And those are, you know, two separate games. The most he's had was 293 yards that he put up last week against the Packers. So I'm curious on on this Houston team. Uh, Breeze threw for 370 and two touchdowns. Um, Rivers, 318 and two touchdowns. Matt Ryan, 330 and three. Brissett, last week against Houston, 326 and four. It, it's definitely in his grasp to, to actually throw for 300 yards and two scores. Will he do it? No. Yeah, the I answer mean, is yes, yeah. he's going to do it. The answer is no, he's not going to do it. Yes, he is. He's going to do it this week. Houston has given up the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, he had 293 yards against the Packers defense. That's one of the best pass defenses in football. Defenses he's played, Chicago, Indy, Minnesota, like Kansas City's a sieve. Denver's been mediocre. It was week one, though, in Denver. He's. He, I don't know that he's mediocre. I think he's been... A victim of circumstance. He's shown he's got ability. I'll tell you what. I would take Derek Carr over Mitch Trubisky. Well, you'd take most people over Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed that. Many of the quarterbacks we've talked about, I would take over Mitch Trubisky right now. Were were you rooting for David Fells to to start over Mitch Trubisky? No. I mean, he's still David Fells. Come on. I'm not. not (laughs) It's literally in his name. It's. I mean, yeah, the the fails is literally in his name, so uh, so uh, I wouldn't say it. So my reason for for saying no is uh, the Raiders throw the ball the the sixth fewest times in the NFL. I just don't think he's going to get the pass attempts. It's it's not a it's not anything about Carr or anything about the pass game. Um, it's it's a it's 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 math. It's yeah, kind of no, like Gruden runs a uh, runs a run oriented offense. Yeah, it's like. You know, anybody down here in the – I would take the under on it for Oakland, uh, Indy, uh, Seattle, Baltimore, Minnesota, San Francisco, all just because they don't throw the ball that much. Yeah, but the, the difference here is, like, Gruden's run offense also is based on play action, and Houston gives up so many big plays. So I think that – I think you're going to see Carr get those yards. All right, then. 
All right. I'll, I'll, uh, is, is he going to get those yards because of my question, which is, is Gary and Conley a sleeper agent? Which is uh, the Raiders <laughs> traded Gary and Conley to the Texans before the game this week. And um, after he got boat raced up and down the field um, uh, against the Packers last week. So I'm wondering if he's a sleeper agent for the Raiders. If if by sleeper agent, do you mean bad at football? Then yes, he yes. is a sleeper agent. No, but my real question is, uh, how many yards is Kenny Stills getting this week? Uh, no, what's the math here? No Will, um, no Will Fuller. An offense that throws the ball downfield as much as anybody does against a defense that's given up the most 20-yard passing plays and the, I believe the second or third most 40-yard passing plays. And Kenny Stills is that deep threat. How many yards is Kenny Stills going for? Is is 507 touchdowns out of the question for Kenny Stills? I expect him to have a Will Fuller-esque game where you see him just go completely off and you're wondering... Why don't I ever start him? Yep, 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 yep. This is this is the the Kenny Stills game, I think. Mike, what do you think? Oh yeah, without Fuller there, oh, it's gonna be fun to watch him just like go deep like three times and have like 220 yards receiving and four four receptions. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those games where uh, it it's one of those ones where uh, it's fun to watch in person. Cause you're like, cause when they shoot it deep, you, the whole stadium is just like, oh. It's a lot of fun. So uh, I think that uh, Kenny Stills is going to have a huge game this week. And um, that's pretty much the, the chalk take in the NFL right now is uh, the big Kenny Stills game. Because guess what? You know the Spider-Man meme? That's when Kenny Stills met Will Fuller. And uh, Will Fuller had a very defined role in this offense. And now Kenny, Kenny Stills is stepping into it. And what's possibly the best matchup for him to do that? So Would it, would it be a mystery if, if Kenny Stills actually doesn't do anything? No, it would be exactly what we deserve for trying to guess what is happening because that's what the NFL does. If everybody thinks and knows one thing's going to happen, guess what happens? It it doesn't happen. The exact opposite thing happens. So that 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 would be the NFL just giving us what we deserve. So, all right, you know what we what we actually deserved, but what the NFL is giving us, we deserved Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. Packers at KC. We're getting Aaron Rodgers and Matt Moore, baby. Sunday night football. Feel the action. 48 point over under. Green Bay, three and a half point favorites. Before we get into it, I bid $40 out of a $100 fab budget for Matt Moore in, in Scott Fishbowl. It's a, two, it's a super flex league, so it's essentially a two quarterback league. I have Matt Ryan, so I needed a quarterback. Do you guys think I got Matt Moore? No. He went for 41 freaking dollars out of a $100 budget. Wow. Always, you see, number one rule of uh, fab, you gotta, if you're going to go with a round number, always go a dollar more than that. Yep. And that's, that's, uh, we talked about it and I I normally do that. It was a, a uh, last second fab thing because it was after the podcast. I was like, oh shoot, I got to do the fab. And uh, I just punched in 40. And at the same time, I was like, I do not feel good about spending $40 on Matt Moore, but I am also not confident that $40 will get me Matt Moore. Yep. And uh, it did not. So I'm going to lose in Scott Fishbowl with a whole heck of a lot of fab. So that really that really feels good. I'll empty it all on Nick Mullins uh, when it happens. Okay, Mike? Oh, you got it. All right. Sounds good. So uh, I kind of already got into it. Waleed wants to know how freaking disappointing is this game going to be without Matt Holmes? And I'm gonna. You guys are gonna battle this out. Mike wants to know if Matt Moore will give uh, life to the Chiefs' offense. So, gentlemen, 
Right. Like, uh, Matt Moore, I don't know that he's capable of giving life to anything, but <laughs> to be fair, that, that Chiefs offense, the skill positions are so talented. And honestly, I don't know. It's been, what has it been, like 20 years since we last had a Matt Moore sighting? I mean, when he used to come in in the garbage time for the Dolphins, he'd do some things. Dolphins fans always kind of liked him. I think he'll be fine. And and yeah. I mean the offense. I, I mean it is built to to do well. So yeah, and yeah. he the, the, only, a, the only issue is you're playing a Packers secondary. Yeah. That defense in general is just it, it's suffocating. With Pat Mahomes, I was excited to see top tier offense versus top tier defense. Right now, it's just it's not at the same level without without him. Yeah, yeah that's I very agree. true. I I totally agree and. I think you're going to see because I mean there's a reason after like 50 years that Matt Moore is still around and I I think he's going to be one of those guys that's just going to be checked down Charlie so that's going to really be beneficial for players like walk-ins and the running back whoever's lining up in the backfield at the moment and hopefully Travis Kelsey will get more more involved as well hopefully he'll catch a freaking touchdown. Um, yeah, and, uh, for, for everybody's sanity, I hope that running back in the backfield is not Damian Williams, because it doesn't matter who's at quarterback, he stinks out loud. All right, so my question for this one is, um, for the Packers, because you guys both put in Chiefs questions, can you start Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones together if you have them in the same lineup? Not only can you, but you should. Oh. Uh, Over the last four weeks. They've been RB ones. Yeah, they're, they're putting up great numbers. If if you're getting a if you have two guys who are putting up RB one numbers, who cares if they're on the same team? You start them until they stop doing that. Yeah, and obviously that's um that's a discounting when Jamal Williams got killed in the in the Philly game. Like like you know, I was wondering if he actually got killed. But yeah, that they're employing kind of like a um like a a Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman thing. Like a, a supersized version of that, where you can feel comfortable starting both of them, I think. Um, and um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's a good offense. It's getting better. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to have calmed down whatever's going on. And even without Devontae Adams, they're they're cruising. He had what four touchdowns last week? Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah, it's it's an offense that's that's I think is on the come up and and. Uh, Kind of, you know, you guys were talking about Niners Saints and stuff. They play the Packers before then. That's the game that I'm worried about for 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 the Niners' uh, uh, undefeated season hitting the skids. That's the one I'm worried about because before the Saints, they pl- they play the Packers. I think the Packers are three weeks from now. We're going to be talking about them as the toast of the NFC. That's what I think, and th- I say this as a, a a fan of an undefeated NFC team because Aaron Rodgers is is. He did all that without Devontae Adams. He's, he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he he's he's getting older. He's starting to show his age a little bit, but he's still. I mean, his number. A lot of what he does is between his ears. And uh, you know, as Peyton Manning got older and slowed down, he still had what was going on between his ears. So it still made him a dangerous quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is a different type of quarterback. But at the same time, it's like this offense is starting to click. See, and, I don't know. I think Rodgers can still sling it though. I, I'm not seeing because I, I mean I'm in. I'm a Bears fan, so I see a lot of Packers football. I mean, he looks fine. His problem is that 
after Devontae Adams, there's a drop-off in receivers. So some of the reason we're losing that production is because we just don't have Jordy Nelson anymore. You don't have Greg Jennings. You don't have those guys who he, like, put up really good numbers with. Like you, We used to think that the Packers just have the next receiver step up. But Geronimo Allison, uh, Marv, uh, Valdez Scandling, just they're kind of meh. Neither well, of them have stepped up. Well, I mean, my thing is more he is on pace to rush for 155 yards this year, which would be his lowest since he that in a season where he's played a full 16 games. So that includes last year he rushed for 200 yards with, you know, what it, whatever it was, a shattered kneecap or whatever it was. Yeah. It's that's where he's starting to show his age is he's not running so much anymore. And yeah. um, <clears throat> and 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 when you don't have to account for the quarterback rushing uh, at all, it, it, it helps the defense. And I think. He's transitioned and that that's that's what's made Aaron Rodgers, you know, the best quarterback or if if we're not going to argue about who's the best, arguably no. top five for the last decade. No, he's the best. Yeah, um, it's a matter of opinion. But that's what's made him so good is that he adapts and now but, he can't run anymore. And he's finally learned to adapt to his 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 old man game. That's what it is, is he's just, adapting just, to his old man game. Rushing numbers are down doesn't mean he can't run because he still looks really, really mobile in there. I just think that's. I think that's more of a choice not to run, not a lack of ability. He hasn't needed to is part of the issue because that defense, this is the first time in a long time he's had a defense backing him up where he's not having maybe come from behind or be in a shootout where he has to keep extending drives. The fact is he can be more patient now, which means he's probably making a choice to take care of his body. And, and that's what I'm saying. He's tra- he's transitioning to the old old man version of his game, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's it's different. And it took him a few games to transition to that. Where and and being mobile in the pocket is different from being a running quarterback. Tom Brady is mobile in the pocket. He's not a running quarterback. And and Aaron Rodgers could take was always a threat to take off and run for the first down, whereas Tom Brady isn't. And you know, Aaron Rodgers' athleticism is turning more into that Tom Brady than the Aaron Rodgers of old. And, and it just took, I think it just took him four or five games to adapt to that. Because uh, Aaron Rodgers athleticism like that. I mean, I granted he, uh, Tom Brady did juke uh, Brian Urlacher out of his cleats once, but for the most part, not so much. <laughs> All right. Mike, you got anything to add to that? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. Whoa. Whoa, over two hours into the podcast, Mike drops the hot take of hot (laughs) takes. Aaron. Okay, look, guys, time out. Production meeting on air here. Look, okay. I understand what you're doing, Mike, but we really need to be careful to not become like Stephen A. Smith or Colin Coward and, you know, start having these just like insane hot takes. Can you just like just dial that back next time? Okay, I'll try. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Let me let me put in the edit point here. Okay. <laughs> Faking the edit point. All right. I had to stall because I really do not want to talk about this game. Monday Night Football. Miami at Steelers. This wasn't going to be a good game when they scheduled it, and somehow it got worse. 43 point over under. Pittsburgh 13 and a half point favorites. Waleed wants to know about Devontae Parker and uh, if he'll keep his touchdown streak alive. And to that I say... Waleed, he's a Miami Dolphin, and we know better than to believe in Miami Dolphins. I don't believe in Devontae Parker, but at the same time, uh, Miami Dolphins, they do get they're do they are getting a lot of garbage time fourth quarter numbers. So I'm kind of curious. It's kind of funny that 
Devontae Parker is finally emerging as the garbage time receiver that he was always meant to be. So. <laughs> He's he was. Uh, let me let me do my impression of uh, of uh, Devontae Parker or people covering Devontae Parker every uh, summer. He's the most athletic wide receiver in camp. He's poised to have his best year. He best is, shape of his life. Best shape of his life. He is blowing away the defenders. Uh, Devontae Parker and insert quarterback here have true chemistry, and he's due for a breakout season. But he's a garbage time wide receiver. You're right, Willie. That's what he is. Mike, do you think Juju Smith-Schuster will need garbage time to reach his 100 yards and or a touchdown that you're hoping to see against him this week? You know, he's really disappointed me this season, uh, not only because he's on my roster in my home league, but also because this guy was supposed to be just, you know, third year dude, had an explosive second year. He, he even had a pretty solid freshman year. Um, but then his third year where, you know, if you believe in the third year wide receiver magic, he completely throws a curveball and he's become garbage. Uh, obviously, the talent's there. I, I don't see this being anything more than a stumbling block, even if it continues all season. But it's just been really bad for the dude. Um, and hopefully garbage time sometime he can catch a, a touchdown uh, everybody else scores against the Dolphins. All the wide receivers, except for the Chargers, hasn't ha hasn't had a wide receiver score against them. Multiple touchdowns from receivers, multiple touchdowns from a single receiver. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if he doesn't score against the Dolphins, then it's 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 almost nearly like release the dude and have waiver wire people you, you waste their fab budget on him. Well, the expectations Whoa. for Juju were unrealistic at, to begin with. You oh, lost yeah. Antonio Brown, and the fact that he became the number one receiver, they lost Le'Veon Bell. That offense was always going to regress. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought that Pittsburgh, I didn't understand the love there, and looks like that's one of the few things I was right on. So, All it took was uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger with an unexpected and unforeseen and completely out-of-character injury. It's not like Ben Roethlisberger right. gets hurt every single freaking year or anything like that. But uh, to be fair, he usually still plays even yeah. with the injuries. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a funny thing, you know, predicting things because we're right, but for the wrong reasons. Nobody had predicted Ben Roethlisberger going out for the year needing Tommy John surgery or whatever he needs. So, um, so we ended up being right, but uh, kind of for the wrong reasons. So. All right, boys. All right, boys. I have a very serious question for you. So I'm going to give you guys a moment to think about this. This is Monday Night Football. It's an unusual matchup. Not a lot of fantasy stuff to glean out of this. So I wanted to make sure that I really dug down and um, and got a question that, that really digs into the essence of the game. So what are you guys going to be doing other than watching Monday Night Football, huh? Because huh? this game's going to suck. <laughs> I'm going to work what on you, my what rankings. Yeah, work on your rankings. Will you, what are you up to on Monday night? Oh, I gotta. I'm gonna probably go to an open mic. Of course, Willie's. Willie, you know what? You know what's a, a a bigger joke than Miami Steelers? Willie's great punchlines, everybody. All right. Sorry, there is no way to dismount from a, a week preview with that kind of Monday night football. A week preview, W E E K, that ended on a week preview, W E A K. 
There you go. There's your dismount. There's your dismount. Uh, if you're this far in the podcast, there is something in the news that I forgot to mention. Uh, guys who are on the injury report who are expected to play, Julian Edelman, MVS, Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs, Sammy Watkins. Guys who aren't expected to play, Will Fuller, which we talked about, Delaney Walker, which we did not talk about. Jonu Smith is not a bad pivot uh, against the Buccaneers. O.J. Howard, same game, not a bad pivot to Cam Brate against the Titans. And Chris Herndon, who will never, ever, ever play a game of NFL football ever again because he'll either be suspended or hurt. Those guys are either out or not expected to play, so set your lineups accordingly. So, all right, speaking of lineups, let's do this real quick before we get out of here. It's the DFS throwdown. Uh, Waleed, you are the guest. You are playing the Evan role this week. Um, but you were actually able to do it on FanDuel. You didn't have to do it in a spreadsheet. So uh, we we will know that your math will add up. There will be no mathematical issues. Um, uh, 100 bucks remaining. 100 bucks remaining. Uh, Mike, do we have the week six previews or, or reviews, or do we want to do that next week? Uh, let's do that next week. Yeah, we took we had to take the bye week. We got all off schedule. I forgot to uh, make sure we got everything taken care of. That's on me. But guess what? If you're this late in the podcast, you love us anyway, so it doesn't matter. So uh, why don't we start uh, with uh, with the guest, with Waleed. Waleed, why don't you break down your DFS lineup for us this week on FanDuel and uh, give us a, a player, opponent, and price, and half a sentence on your reason why. Uh, well, quarterback, I wasn't messing around. I put the money in for Russell Wilson because he is playing a Falcons team that is complete trash against the quarterback, and Russell Wilson is having an MVP caliber season. So I will take that every time. Now we're going to go on to my running backs. We got Ty Johnson for Detroit. I put him nice and cheap because he's playing a Giants team, giving up uh, the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. But on the flip side, to cover my basis, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley because he is – arguably the best running back in football. And he's going to be going up against the Lions team that's given up, I think, the third most fantasy points to running backs. I, basically, I'll watch this game and hope they run the ball the entire time. Looking at my receivers, um, should I be, am I supposed to give you prices too or what? Ah, don't worry about it. Okay. Just keep rocking and rolling. All right. Uh, Receiver-wise, my number one receiver pick is just going to be uh, Chris Goodwin. Honestly... Or Godwin, I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't have a good matchup. Tennessee's real good against the pass. But Godwin seems matchup-proof to me. He's one of the best fantasy receivers right now. I'll roll with that. Um, my other guys have much better matchups, though. I got John Brown. Got him at a good price playing against an Eagles team that can't stop a receiver. And, I mean... Josh Allen can't do much, but he can chuck it deep. So I'll take my chance with John Brown to see he has a breakout. Gal- uh, Kenny Galladay had a little, had a week, he had a bad game last week, but nothing will break a slump like playing the New York Giants. I'm very Lions heavy, which actually makes me a little bit nervous now that I look at this. By Lions heavy, I mean I have more than one Lion, which it'll might be, be all right. Many. It'll be all right. Uh, tight end wise, I went with Austin Hooper. I mean, Austin Hooper, has he been the best tight end in fantasy this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. Which drives me nuts because I used to be a believer in him. I sold all my dynasty chairs. And what? how does he repay me? By being good, finally. So screw you, Austin Hooper, but I'll roll with you this week. You sound like a true believer. 
Yeah, I believe I kind of believe in him now, grudgingly, because but now that I believe in him, he's going to fail me because that's what he's always done. Yeah. Uh, this is an abusive relationship between me and Austin Hooper. Um, my flex, I went wide receiver on this one, and I think you'll like this one, Jeff. I went Kenny Stills. Yeah, buddy. Kenny Stills. Because he is going to torch the Houston, I'm sorry, the Oakland Raiders. He might torch the Houston Texans. That's how good he's going to be. Yeah, it's Who's going to your... be. So, one of these teams are going to burn, is going to burn because of Kenny Stills, and I hope it's Oakland. That's true. All right, and who's your DST? Finally, uh, defense-wise, I went with I went with Jacksonville, and uh, part of me wants to flip this at the last minute because I don't know how much I like Jacksonville on this one. But they are playing a Jets team that could do well, but also feels like this matchup is definitely geared towards Jacksonville. I'm kind of looking at this to see. I might change my mind last minute here. All right, we'll, we'll, give, last minute. we'll give you until the end of the podcast to change your mind. So, uh, so Mike, uh, what are you looking or what are you looking at for your uh, daily fantasy uh, lineup this week? Okay, so I got quarterback. I got Teddy KGB uh, going against that. Pay week. that man his money. Pay his money um, against that Arizona weak defense, 29th uh, in in the NFL. So I, I'm loving Teddy Bridgewater. Running backs. Leonard Fournette uh, against the Jets and uh, Saquon Barkley against the Ugly Lions. At wide receiver, Tyler Lockett uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's going to be a lot of points scored, and Lockett is definitely one of the top ten wide receivers in our or in fantasy football. Kenny Stills, pretty much what Woodley said about Stills. Uh, Danny Amendola. I like him against Ooh. the Giants this week. He's kind of cheap, 5,800. Yeah. Yeah, why not, right? Uh, Austin Hooper, pretty much what Waleed said. John Brown, I agree with Waleed. And at defense, the New England Patriots against the Ugly Browns. All right. Not bad. You want to run that back real quick, just players? Sure. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, running backs, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley, wide receivers, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, tight end Austin Hooper, Flex, John Brown, and the New England Patriots defense. All right. Willie, did you pick a new uh, DST yet? I did. I flipped it. I'm going with the Saints defense. Saints? All right. Let's run, down, let's run down your lineup before uh, you guys hear the winning lineup. Okay. Um, I mean, you're hearing it now, though. Oh, my God. He admitted it. You, you said okay. To me, having the winning lineup, you admitted it. Okay, let me let me hear well, you. I'll lineup. say okay. You get to hear the winning lineup now, which nah. is Russell Wilson, Mike Johnson, Saquon Barkley, John Brown, Chris Good- Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Austin Hooper, Kenny Stills, and the New Orleans Saints. All right, all righty. Those are good lineups. I'm not going to argue with you guys on that. Those aren't those aren't bad lineups. But here's the winning lineup. I'm going. It's all stacks. I'm going. I got a lot of stacks in this game. I got a Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay stack versus the Giants. Giants are 25th against wide receivers, 21st against quarterbacks. That's 7,700 for Stafford, 6,700 for Kenny Galladay, which kind of feels like a steal. Chris Carson for eight grand. Pair him up with DK Metcalf for 6,600. Same thing in Walid has. This one's going to be a shootout. And uh, DK Metcalf, reason why, I already gave you guys the red zone stat. I think he... I think he cashes in at least once this weekend, and for uh, uh, 6,600 bucks, I'll take it. 
Uh, running back, Leonard Fournette against the Jets, who can't stop a, a running back to save their lives. And uh, you know what? He's a multi-talented threat this year. Play him while you can. Boys, free square here. Kenny Stills, 5700 bucks. We got him across the board. So it doesn't matter what he does for, for whoever wins this one. Tight end. We talked about it earlier. The Chargers, they don't have any wide receivers. Going to go Hunter Henry for 6700 bucks. Pay up a little bit there. Waleed, you and I have John Brown in common, 5900 bucks. Me too. We all do. Oh, we all have John Brown? All right. Clean sweep. John Brown, Kenny Stills. Doesn't matter what they do. This week's going to come down to what? Like DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett. Versus, it's going to become, become a weird uh, thing. And then my DST, they're $4,800. But they're the 49ers. So to run that that down again, my lineup for week eight, and I'm definitely not stalling because my Google Chrome just tried to crash on me. Oh, boy, is a really good one. And uh, <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it because, like I said, I am definitely not stalling because Google Chrome crashed on me. And uh, that lineup, again, is uh, Matt Stafford. Tyler, uh, Tyler Lockett, Matt Stafford, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Stills, got the Kenny lineup, DK Metcalf, Austin Hooper. Uh, whoa, this is not the same lineup. All right, guys, let's try this again. I don't know what happened. FanDuel loaded a different lineup that I had. Uh, Matt Stafford, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Stills, DK Metcalf, Hunter Henry, John Brown, and the 49ers. Uh, I don't know what what lineup FanDuel just loaded for me. I think it's one I have in another contest. So that's my lineup for this week for this contest. And uh, that's it for the Football Absurdity Podcast. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a long one because Waleed can't shut up. <laughs> nah, That's fair. We, we love you, Waleed. You, you're a very verbose individual, which is why we like to have you on. So um, unless you guys have anything to add, Waleed, not you. <laughs> All right, guys. A few more thoughts before we go. Uh, <laughs> let me get, let me get out this notebook. Uh, no, thanks for listening, everybody, to the supersized episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. For Mike, for Walid, thanks for listening, and you have a good one. Bye.